0: One decade later, my high school slash college ex's mother decided to message me after a decade. Funny enough, I last saw her in 2013. She hugged me and said thank you for keeping her son on the straight and narrow during college. I'm now happily married with an adorable toddler and I haven't even had a thought about this woman. Guess I've been living rent free in her head for the last decade though. Also, given her son nearly killed me by crashing into a cement wall at 60 miles an hour while screaming at me, which broke my ribs, burned my leg from the engine coil coming into the passenger area, and required had two back surgeries in my final year of college. I'm pretty sure I dodged the bullets and here is the message Oh my freaking god. Thank god. My son dodged a bullet with you every day. I thank my lucky stars Sorry, not sorry I mean that right there is the literal definition of living rent-free 10 years later and she's still not over you Ridiculous ruining your daughter's make-a-wish this happened a long time ago I was helping a girl who had terminal cancer with her final preparations and wishes she had requested to go on a cruise with her family and the make-a-wish program was happy to help her she was really sweet and we soon formed a friendship the day she was about to formally request her wish she actually looked really sad and didn't want to talk to anyone i went to see her and asked what was wrong but she wouldn't tell me it broke my heart to see her tearing up thankfully after some time she told me that she didn't actually want a cruise she hated it she wanted to meet her dream celebrity like she'd seen other kids do i told her no problem we will try and find that dream celebrity that she wanted but she said not to because her mother had screamed at her when she first said she wanted to meet the celebrity her mother told her to forget about her final wish and ask for a cruise for all the family instead because that was something that the entire family could enjoy and it's something the mother wanted since she was a child i was speechless and furious Even now, I can't understand why a mother would get in the way of her daughter's final wish. It took me a while, but I calmed her down and told her that it was her wish, not her mother's, and that I wanted her to be truly happy. She told me she always did what her mother asked, and the idea of doing something she wanted was foreign to her. But she smiled. The biggest smile I see on her and she hugged me and said she will speak to her mother and get the celebrity she wanted Sadly, I had to leave for the day, but I was happy. I was able to convince her Unfortunately, the talk with the mum did not go well and she ended up requesting that cruise The last time we spoke she told me she tried but didn't want to make her family sad But that she wished so hard to have meet the celebrity instead But that she wished so hard to meet her favorite celebrity instead I told her that she's gonna meet him someday and that she was an angel and not to worry The cruise will be amazing and she's gonna be treated like a princess. We hugged said goodbye She said she was really happy to have met me and that I visited her when no one else would Her mother actually had two other children and never went to visit her And that she always looked forward to my visits because I didn't talk about her cancer But I made her laugh instead it was a very hard day the point of the story is if you're a parent reading this please listen to your child do not take away from them their final wish make sure they're happy because every second is precious honestly guys absolutely astonishing i don't even know where to begin with this one genuinely like i am i don't say it lightly i i actually have no idea what to even say to that your kid is dying from literally the worst Possible illness disease you can physically get on this planet. There's no cure for cancer still unfortunately in 2021 and your kid has it And yet you are unable you are not in a position for whatever reason in your own head to you know Grant your child's final wishes make a wish by the way if you don't know what it is It's an astonishing charity which grants children with cancer and with terminal illnesses The chance to you know do what they really want It's literally make a wish your wildest dream can come true via this charity yet This mother is not capable of understanding that she doesn't want to accept that You know her child really wants to meet a celebrity instead. She goes fully self fish and says to herself you know what i've got an opportunity here my kid has cancer screw her i don't care about her i don't care about op i actually want to do my own thing i've always wanted to go on a cruise eat loads of food get fat and just enjoy a cruise i mean i don't know if that's you know what a cruise entails but anyway you know what i mean i want to do something for myself um screw her wishes screw a celebrity Screw anything that my daughter wants to do because I've always dreamed of going on a large boat and chilling. How can you be a proper parent with like a proper love for your kid and genuinely say this to yourself? Think, you know, what, I've got a chance to do something that I've always wanted to do. It's incredible, but hey, she did it. And um, I mean, I don't, honestly like—is that even entitled, guys? I don't want to say like abusive, just not even parenting in the first place. It's disgusting. It's not even entitled. Like, it's not the woman, the mother, is not saying to herself, "I'm entitled to this." cruise she's saying i don't care about my own child i want to get this you know dream this wish for myself and just use it solely on me and my kid can come along and enjoy it even though she probably won't like that's not entitled that is genuinely just like i don't know what to say like Selfish abusive all about me. I don't know. It's just like it's above entitled is what i'm trying to say overall I just have no idea how you can be this heartless to your own child literally this would have been and that's the point of the charity Probably one of the last things that your child would have done You know the whole point of the charity is go off one last hurrah Before you sadly and I don't want to say it but you sadly pass away from cancer because you know that is make-a-wish It deals with children that have cancer. This is your last hurrah This is your the best thing you would have wanted but no your own mother has taken that away from you Oh Disgusting and now moving on to our second story that time an amazing mother saved me from a fossil hating entitled mother This happened many moons ago when cell phones weren't smartphones yet, and Brad and Angelina had only two children together, so a long time ago then. I worked one summer at a very popular local dinosaur museum. It was, and still is, one of the best jobs I've ever had. The people were amazing, they were all geeks, and we were all from different walks of life, so it was not so neat to hear stories from all over my country. Anyways, onto the main part. The museum was awesome and built around the principles of evolution. You could back then it's changed a lot since walk through the different areas of our planet and see the corresponding fossils of the creatures that lived then Lots of fossils and by the way huge ones However, we had had some problems with creationists protesting outside our museum Saying that evolution wasn't real and that we were propagating the ideas of the devil They would show up with signs denouncing our museum trying to dissuade people from coming in But honestly, it's the middle of a literal desert. It's a major tourist attraction and it's air conditioned. No one was being turned off by them. So one day I'm minding my own business at work, wandering through the various expositions to help anyone or talk about dinosaurs with children, which by the way, is the best part of my job. I'm in one of the theropod display rooms and a woman comes up to me to ask about the main display feature, a complete fossilized skeleton of a giant ass T-Rex she asks how fossils are formed. So I begin the tale of death and sediment when she interrupts me. Here's how it goes. So I say to her, so once the dinosaur died, it got covered in sediments and other things. Yeah, but where was the copper? She interrupts me. Uh, uh the, the, the copper? Pardon? <laughs> the copper? Our priest showed us how you can fossilize anything, even a teddy bear, by leaving it in copper bowl filled with water. So where was the copper and she had a smug face while saying this. Oh, okay So i'm sure there is copper in the sediments, but that's not how these were fossilized It happened over many thousands of years Uh, yeah Six thousand years to be precise when our earth was created and the devil put these horrible things in here to try and tempt us all away from jesus At this point, her voice was raised and people started to look at us, including the saviour mother of our story and her gaggle of well-behaved children. I just revert into customer service mode. Okay, I understand that your faith has different beliefs than those presented here. However, we present the scientific theory of evolution here, where these fossils took millions of years to end up here okay but how can you stand here and lecture these innocent children about the devil and his workings you're poisoning their minds and souls with this filth now she's actually gotten pretty loud by this point and the savior mother has wandered closer with her kids who are all looking at this woman with big shocked eyes the entitled mum continues for another minute about how we are all devil worshiping sinners yep i remember that accusation clearly when finally the savior mother interrupts her stop right there You paid money for a ticket to a museum that peddles devil worshipping her kids don't say a word But they all look at the entitled mum with restrained smiles And as the conversation goes back and forth between the women their faces do too almost like ping pong I'm trying to save your children's souls says the entitled mum and i'm trying to save this young lady from your bs if you don't believe in evolution why would you come to a place that promotes it uh, well, I, I, I'm uh, the entitled mum sputters and can't answer so the savior mother of our story goes for the kill and i heard your copper bowl explanation can you please show me where in human history someone would have made a copper bowl big enough for those She points at a giant T-Rex, looming at us like an awkward evolutionary fart. The entitled mum had no answer, and actually started to panic. I ditched my heart-eyed stare at the saviour mother, and put my customer service face back on. If you would like to lodge complaints, please follow this path, and it will lead you to the exit. The complaint box, which is monitored by our director, is on the left. The entitled mum glared at me, and the saviour mother but doesn't want to offend the children, so she scuttles off. The saviour mother and her kids burst out laughing as soon as this entitled mum is out of earshot. Her eldest, who is about 15 years old, is literally bent double laughing. And the younger ones are just praising their mum. She thanks me for my good service, and I thank her profusely for her support. I also encouraged her to check out the complaint box on her way out too. Why? Because it's directly under a portrait of Darwin. I mean look guys, I just don't get it, you're going to a museum, literally a place that is, you know, based on science and and facts and history and of course evolution and you're trying to find a problem with it, For what I know, and and my knowledge of museums is not not great, but I think this is true all museums, at least scientific museums and natural history museums are at least based on evolution, that's, that's, you know, a given when you go to a museum it's going to be based on fact and history and, and evolution which has been proven as a genuine thing. Maybe I'm wrong there, but every museum that I've ever been to, at least, I think has been based on, you know, the scientific fact of evolution. So for a woman to come in there with her kids and say to them, you know what, all this, all this you're seeing, all these skeletons, all these examples of, you know, past beings and animals and, you know, these monkeys that have turned into humans, that's all a lie. Believing God himself and the fact that God made humans straight away. I don't know if that's what this woman was saying, but, you know, along those sort of broad lines, that's a bit mad because I don't understand the point. You're going for a day out with your kids, right? A, a fun day out to a nice museum but you're telling them that all that they're seeing is just a lie why why not just if you're gonna like present this as fact just stay at home and say this is actually what happened you know creationism all these humans existed back in the day when god created them i don't really know what's going on here but why go to a museum to disprove what you see in a big public place rather than just saying to your kids Okay, uh, this is actually what happened. I don't get logic is what i'm trying to say I mean completely forgetting the fact that what she's saying is completely ludicrous I would hope that i'd be able to have my own opinions and they would let me have my own opinions about you know How the world started and and, you know what what's going on that sort of stuff I don't know. Maybe i'm i'm looking at it too, you know ideologically and and not being a realist But what's the point? Like just go home go to sleep go to bed because I don't want to hear your silly opinion luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style an entitled mom wants to get her entitled kid to drive my new car I got into redditor videos a few days ago and I remembered an entitled parent story that happened to me about half a year ago Well, first of all OP, you're an absolute legend for watching my videos Second of all guys if you're watching and you are new to my channel, please make sure you hit the subscribe button It's totally free and it makes me feel incredible. So thank you. Anyway, sorry for that. Let's get into this story So for some context, I bought myself a mini cooper se The first fully electric vehicle by MINI a few weeks before this story happens. Where I live, in Germany, electric cars need to have a so-called AVAS, which is Acoustic Vehicle Alerting System, turned on when driving below 30km per hour. The AVAS makes a sound to warn walkers and bikers on the street, because electric vehicles normally don't make much noise. The one on the mini cooper se kind of sounds like a spaceship now this will be important for later can i just say i actually had no idea that this was the case i didn't know that electric cars were required to make a noise when they're going at a certain speed below a certain speed threshold that makes a lot of sense to me because i've always wondered you know cars that are silent surely they're gonna you know cause some crashes that is genius now onto the story about half a year ago we celebrated my grandma's 60th birthday and I took my new mini to get to the celebration. I didn't know who else was invited, but I didn't really care at the time. The ride to my grandma's place was long, and I knew that I needed to recharge at my grandma's place, or else I couldn't make it back home. So I arrive and I see a few people, including my entitled aunt and her entitled kid, waiting for me in the driveway. To park in the parking lot that they'd prepared for me, the one next to an outlet where I could charge my car, I drove rather slowly, Because i'd only done this a few times before and I was extra careful Therefore the avas system was turned on I get out plug my car into the outlet and we go inside to celebrate After about two hours, I wanted to go and check if my car was all right Remember guys, it was rather new at this time So this was completely normal and to get some fresh air as well I go out and see the entitled aunt and her kid looking at my car The following conversation went kind of like this. "Mummy, this car sounded like a spaceship. I know, sweetie. I don't know why it does that, though. Uh, guys, can I help you with something? Is this your car? Yes. My child wants to drive it. Uh, what? I I can drive it for a bit and take him with me if that's what you'd like? No, no, uh, he wants to drive it. It doesn't look as complicated as a normal car, so I'm sure he can drive it. For some context, the Cooper SE has only two pedals and no gear lever because it's electric. Also, when talking about my car earlier, I said that it feels like you're driving a go-kart. Uh, I can assure you that he doesn't want to drive it. It's way more complicated than it looks, but it sounded like a spaceship, so it can't be more than a little toy. I want to drive that spaceship now! Sorry, but I can't allow that. Why not? "'You're just being selfish. "'Sure he can drive for a minute or two "'in the driveway just here?' "'No, he's just a kid.' "'Well, I bet you don't even own that car. "'It sure is stolen or someone else owns it.' "'Uh, no, I've literally got the keys.' "'I pull out the keys and open the car.' "'Big, big mistake.' "'Look, sweetie, and now you can get in.' "'She picks up her son and puts him on the driver's seat.' "'I'm very annoyed and angry at this point. "'Excuse me, what do you think you're doing?' You've been very rude to me and my little angel, so he deserves to drive your car. Now the kid obviously couldn't start up the car because it was still plugged in, but he was messing around with the electronics inside and he tried to actually start the engine multiple times. There's a yellow obvious start switch below the GPS system. Would you please take your kid out of my car? No, he deserves it. That's where I'd had enough. I pushed the entire mum aside and opened the driver's seat door. I take the entitled kid out of my car myself and put him on the floor on his feet. What does the entitled butthole do? He lets himself fall on purpose and then starts crying that I broke his arm while taking him out of the car. Of course, the mum then starts screaming and shouting about how close her son was to death. I really didn't use much force or anything. The other family members hear the entitled kids crying. Meanwhile, I unplug my car, get into it and drive away. So opie's just off he's out of here. That's actually quite a sensible solution to be fair If you stuck around and the kid was crying and it was two people blaming you You could have been in a lot of trouble. So I think that was actually a very good idea on my way back home I had to recharge once and that's where I called the others back and tell them what actually happened They tell me that my entitled aunt tried to call an ambulance and actually was kicked out of the celebration Oh, and also, just in case any of you are wondering if this story was fake or not, Opie's actually said, if you tell me this is a fake story, I'll tell you that you're wrong. Thanks for reading. Well, that clears that one up then. Oh, and also, just in case any of you are wondering if this story might be fake, Opie actually says at the bottom of this story, if you tell me this is fake, I'll tell you that you're wrong. Thanks for reading. Well, I guess that clears it up then. He also says in the comments down below that the kid would have been about six or seven years old, which honestly just makes the story even more mad because what are you doing, woman? Uh, wh- I don't understand. Has this lady never been in a car before? I mean, what does this lady not understand, though, really? Driving a car, by the way, is quite hard, especially if you've never done it before. Even for me, right, I passed my test a couple years ago, and I'm still terrible at driving. In fact, I literally haven't driven since I passed my test. But um, yeah, it's tough to do, especially in a manual car. Look, even if it's an electric automatic car, it's still hard. you got to be aware. you got to have common sense. You got to be well the legal age 17 18 whatever it is in germany i don't know but not six or seven that's for sure and even on private property even in a parking lot you're gonna be to have to be making turns and that sort of stuff and being able to look over the steering wheel and see where you're going it's an obvious no why and now moving on to our second story a wild karen got arrested with a felony for some background i'm a 35 year old father of two boys I have ptsd due to time overseas and have the physical scars to match the mental ones i have an incredible wife that knows me and knows what situations i should avoid my children are amazing but this story revolves around my youngest son and my service dog james my youngest son has autism and we share a special bond because some things that set him off also put my teeth on edge spike is my english bulldog he's my service dog He's well-trained lazy judgmental and overall uninterested in anything. He can't eat He's also very in tune to james and my emotions and will provide a distraction when we get overwhelmed Basically, he's like, oh you're stressed here scratch my butt. You'll feel better and i'll get attention It's a win-win. So now for the story my family recently moved to texas because we now live very close to an amusement park we got memberships shout out to the park for being amazing when it comes to special needs this particular park in arlington texas has a special program for autistic people they have rooms set aside to chill out if you're overstimulated so you can relax go back out get overstimulated again and around and around you go that is amazing with james we also don't have to wait in lines This is a huge thing and the cause of this story The park has a pass that lets you skip most of the lines and they charge an arm and a leg for this However, with that pass you still end up in a line of the hundreds of people that also have that pass But james gets no lines at all We get a special pass and we go in through the exits the worker signs the pass and we go on the ride James has a favorite ride the log ride There have been days that we'd ride the log ride over and over, then eat. We also have the food pass, which we pay for, then go back to the log ride. On this day, Tom, my eldest, and James wanted to go on the log ride. So we made our way to the exit and left my wife and Spike in the shade. Because someone's got to stay with him, and bulldogs and rides obviously don't mix. As we were going into the exit, a woman started screaming at us. I've absolutely no hearing on my right side. Thanks, high-pressure wave. So I didn't consider it worth turning my head to listen to now because we ride this ride almost exclusively the workers on this ride know us by name and sight james even talks to them which is rare we go in show the pass sit and ride this time though tabitha I'll call her tabitha because karen is overused. Good point The woman that was screaming at us as we were walking in through the exits Made her way to where the speedy pass ends at the ride Where a red shirt will check her pass and let her go on her way But she didn't even want to ride She just wanted to yell about us going in through the exits and how we are abusing the system Now anyone that looks at james can see he's all in the world on his own And wouldn't be surprised if he's literally reading the future or talking to aliens He's awesome. The red shirt tries to calm her down. Tom is getting upset because he's a normal nine-year-old and adults yelling is uncool. James is making his excited sounds and waiting for the log to stop so he can get in. We get in and as we float away, we still hear Tabitha screaming. The ride ends and we exit. We figured we'd never see Tabitha again, but obviously as I'm posting this, it didn't really go that way. Tabitha appeared like a dark brother after making the sacrifice elder scrolls reference hooting and screaming She was screaming that just because james is an r word doesn't mean we get extra rights The screaming causes james to let out his super screech Now anyone that knows autism knows that autistic kids have superpowers in james's case. It's a supersonic ear-shattering, high-pitched screech that makes your eyes swim and makes it feel like things in your head are moving that really shouldn't. This whole time, Spike was lying on the ground in the froggy position, as bulldogs do, just looking at Tabitha like she's a rabid dog, but not worth getting up for. As we are being screamed at, I see two officers approaching from behind Tabitha. I smile. My smile must have broke Tabitha, because she then hauled off and kicked Spike. This flips my switch because now my family is literally under attack and I start to react. Before I can make contact, Tabitha is already in the air, being half carried, half dragged away while being cuffed. Now in front of me is a well-dressed and annoyed looking officer. He tells us he heard the screech and started heading towards it because they thought a ride broke or something actually bad had happened. I take the time to unflip that switch and examine Spike. He's limping and crying. I feel his hips and feel that his hip is dislocated the officer asked what happened and we all explain what went on from a to z he asks if spike is a service dog i say yes he smiles i'm not really in a smart mood but it catches me off guard he explains that in texas to intentionally injure a service dog is actually a felony by this time park security arrived and issued a trespass order to tabitha the officers ask if i want to press charges i look at spike and i look back yes i say tabitha and her tiny mouse-like husband start to freak out as tabitha is loaded onto a golf cart we hop on a cart too and leave to go to the vet the vet fixed spike and all is well we went back the next day with spike in a stroller no one batted an eyelid and everyone loves the bulldog in a stroller i let people pet him he's a hoot and the park is an amazing place i've been contacted by the investigating officer and have given depositions I may have to testify, but I look forward to sitting on the bench with Spike on my lap." Uh, Yeah, pretty extreme reaction there from this woman. Not getting what you want in a certain situation, I'm just gonna kick a dog. Why? Well, I don't really know. It's not really something that I would do in that situation And I imagine not something that many people would think to do but she did it quite why she did it I'm not really sure a question actually for those of you that know about you know The law and dogs in general is it therefore not a felony if you just kick a random dog Does it have to be a service dog for it to be a felony because if that's the case Shouldn't it have the same sort of punishment if it's a dog or a service dog or just any animal kicking any sort of animal is a little bit mad i think but yeah overall spike sounds like an absolute legend of a dog and um definitely sue this woman for as much money as she has because kicking an animal nah that's just not on the most entitled guy i met on a dating site this took place between 2004 and 2005. my sister convinced me to do a lava life account thinking no harm the worst part was my mum decided to play around with my profile as i went to the bathroom yeah dumbest thing i know During setup, she put some of what she thought I was or should be into. So yeah, she told me, entered saved, and we waited for a few days. There was a few hits and a few misses. Most of the people hitting my profile kind of just turned me off. When I saw what my mum had put, I was fuming. My mother attempted to say I was into sports. I wasn't. She did some other changes to my profile and claimed it would get me a date. I was annoyed because she didn't trust me to make my own dang decisions with a guy. After about a week, I got messaged by this one guy. I will call him Eric. He was kind of interesting, at least I guess, by his photograph. We talked for about a day or two and chose to meet up. He told me to pick the restaurant, which I did. And also, since I was between classes, we could meet. We met in front of an Indian restaurant, which my parents were friends with the owner. Eric showed up and already started to give me a bad feeling. He said he didn't like my choice and dragged me to an Ultra Cargo instead He paid and I guess that was fine But he was annoyed that I was eating a salad instead of a huge pizza I had to tell him I was in taekwondo and needed to be light before class You'd think he'd understand that but he said that wasn't a real sport and thought it was weird wait sorry if taekwondo you know the martial arts sport in which you literally try and punch and kick people isn't a sport then um i don't know what is i was a bit annoyed but i smiled and thought okay this is only a date he'll leave me alone after he finds out we're not a match yeah no he decided to ask me about some plans for about a week later. I uh, had a convention. I was going to though when I told him my plans He said nowhere on my profile. Did it say I was a nerd? I explained that my mother helped me set up and deleted part of my hobbies He just told me whatever just cancel my convention plans and go and see a football game with him and his pals Instead I put my foot down at this point and said no, but he said since he'd made the effort to meet me I owed him one. I was seriously angry and left. He paid my bill, but he messaged me via email Which I forwarded to my mother telling her what this guy did He told me the time of the game and what he wanted me to get to prepare I literally ignored him and went to the convention. I'd already booked a hotel room and had friends rooming with me I didn't tell them about the lava life screw up and I just internally moved on as soon as I got to the hotel My mum called to say eric was on his way to the hotel She believed he was joining me for the weekend at the convention Oh god, he showed up and looked fuming. He demanded I unbook my room Which he said was a waste of money and demand a refund on my badge because we were going to a football game One of my friends I will call Scott, who is a peacekeeper and was on security for the con asked the guy to leave Of course the guy said I was his girlfriend and at that point i'd had it I am not your girlfriend. You should have gotten the hint when I didn't reply to your demands to see a game. I literally hate football. He got mad and told me he would give me a bad review on the account. I just told him, good. And Scott made me get on his laptop after the guy left to shut down that Lava Life account. After the incident, I got an email from some guy named Paul, who was Eric's friend and ride. He actually apologized for what happened and hoped I'd had a good convention because Eric ruined the football game for him and his wife. Paul said, we should have actually gone to your convention because you actually sound like a way better person to hang out with than him. So overall, Eric was just an entitled butthole who just felt he had to boss me around. Well when even eric's friends want absolutely nothing to do with the guy I think it's then pretty obvious that this guy is just a jerk well done for you know Not giving into his demands not going to the football game and ultimately deleting your account I don't really know why your mum was messing with it in the first place because ultimately It was her fault that you actually met this guy in the first place But um anyway, that aside well done for getting rid of eric because he seems like an absolute douche right then moving on to our second story bought a company full of entitled employees i a 48 year old female don't come from wealth this has been a blessing that allows me to relate to people from different backgrounds i'm ceo of my own company which started really small and grew gradually into a very healthy structure i've given 22 years of my life to building the type of business that i wanted i still have some road to walk two years ago one of my partners and i came across a company whose owner was about to retire we put our heads together and decided on the pros and cons of the acquisition First of all, I wanted to understand how the company worked, management wise and if our working platform would benefit from it This was even before we signed an nda and got insights on ebitda, etc We agreed on just getting an appointment and pitching a project partnership It would be a win-win situation even if we didn't dive on the buyouts initially i was treated super nicely over the phone we had our meeting though and it was a complete disaster the company set us up for a meeting with department sub managers three of them acted really professionally the senior manager a 61 year old male though was hostile there was no discussion on buying the company because it was an internal strategy for us he quizzed us berated us and raised his voice I quickly identified that he's used to treating his employees this way and this is, you know, just how he works. I don't know if he felt threatened by something or if he just wanted to go on a power trip. There was one woman, a 56 year old, who kept making disgusted twisting her lip faces. To our surprise, the senior manager suddenly changed his tune, mellowed down and said he wanted the partnership. He even had his assistant assign a date for a full-on meeting with our out-of-state project partners. We confirmed twice, called on everyone accommodations were paid for and we exchanged emails towards the upcoming meeting they cancelled the morning of the event no apology and no reason at all his assistant actually denied everything and said we misunderstood even when we brought up our long trail of email conversations the assistant said let me check with our senior manager and came back with Oh, uh, he says maybe some other time? We went on full survival mode and were able to get a new venue and pulled a shotgun meeting with a willing and helpful company that has been very supportive since the beginning of my career. It all worked out. We tied down any loose ends and launched the partnership elsewhere. Covid of course hit last year and the company owner was more than motivated to sell. He was no longer insistent on the initial price and we never told him about the incidents because we don't actually know if the people were his teacher's pets or would create any type of interference. The company was sold with all terms satisfied by June 2020. The entire staff was notified after the fact and this is very normal. There was no grand entrance nor any miserly attitude on our side. Do you know when a bully is pooping in their pants when they suddenly send you elaborate emails of goodwill telling you they are elated by the company's new direction we sat down with each director to hear their concerns and ideas nobody was wrecked into offering apologies the only hard conversations that took place were with that same lady who was making the disgusted gestures who came in asking if she was going to get fired no she didn't And the senior manager who first tried to suck up to us and attempted to exert dominance later which by the way was a desperate bid to retain his fading power we thwarted their strategy in both cases by demanding they put their perceived grievances in writing crickets nobody wants to admit to hostile meetings and stepping over boundaries in written communication we changed most of the structure cut down on happy spending by the staff and cut all their royalty treatment bs We valued their expertise and know their long years on the job turned them into sacred cows, but that was back then This is now nobody got harassed reminded of their poor attitude or anything. We just took their untouchable status away Nobody is indestructible Some employees were let go But we got new employees for areas that were just underperforming for a true lack of a chain of command Miss twisting mouth Lady's department was upgraded and automated She only needs two people working for her not six We discovered she was the senior manager's favorite ally well employee and had a tendency to mirror his attitudes to gain his approval Hence the mouth twisting and unsavory actions the senior manager kept his job But he's no longer allowed to preach religious stuff or give stuff away to his church We have a corporate responsibility program for that and any contributions need to be recorded Nope, you can't just give your pastor our discarded lounge furniture. Nope You can't rub your phd in theology in everyone's faces. This shouldn't be your source of power By the way, the past giveaways were never recorded and were verbally attested We weren't interested in recovering them because they were years ago Now, I don't know how he feels about having to report to us, but that's his problem. Also, everyone is now required to wear a uniform. We don't need a fashion runway on weekdays. Nobody gets to show off their expensive suits unless on a casual day. So far, we are functioning, but we have been effective at disabling their power trips. We never fired them because part of what was going on came from the previous owner not paying attention to these details He's probably about 87 years old and he delegated too much on them The formerly conceited staff know they can leave if they are challenged to act sensibly But good luck starting over All right, so to uh sum up what was going on there in my opinion It sounded like a lot of uh, how do I put this nicely brown nosing butt licking that sort of stuff going on people trying to You know get on the good side of their boss trying to get that promotion, trying not to get fired sort of thing. Realistically, when you go in and you buy a company, a new company with all their staff, you obviously want to maintain as much of that workforce as possible because those people are the people who, you know, run the business. They understand what's going on in that situation. They've been at the company for a long time and it's, it's good to keep them on board. You don't want to just go in and fire everyone on their mother, would you? Well, I mean, you don't really see the benefit of that. But if they are entitled like this, honestly, it must have been really tempting for OP and their partners just to go, you know what? Let's just start again. Let's just go and recruit some new employees because these lot, oh my God, God. They are terrible, um, but you know seriously well done op for keeping the majority because it would have been easier to just Get rid of them. I reckon in the long term but yeah enough brown licking enough cat walking, enough flexing on each other and you know Trying to one-up everyone and imitate each other and trying to get on everyone's good side Let's just do some work. Shall we relax? do your work stop effing about entitled mother yells at me for banning her entitled son from my discord server so for context i own a discord server for a few of my friends to talk in one of my friends invited one of his friends the entitled of this story to the server so that we can get to know him and talk to him the kid joined did the verification and started talking to us he started off pretty nice but slowly started getting quite rude whenever my friends and I said anything or talked about any of our interests The entitled kids started yelling at us to shut up and even started sending racial slurs in the discord Because one of the rules on the server is no racial slurs I banned him and everything was then chill for the rest of the day. The next day was a weekend So I slept in I woke up to 20 missed calls from an unknown number I called them back as anyone with any human decency would cooler picked up and instantly yelled why did you ban my baby from your group chat i told the woman to calm down and tell me what she was on about since i was still disoriented as i'd just woken up of course this was the entitled kids entitled mum, and she starts going on about how it was unfair of me to ban her kid from my discord server i explained to her that her son was sending racial slurs so i had to ban him her mum, though, said, You have no proof of that. Messages get deleted when someone gets banned from a server. But what this entitled mum didn't know was that we had set it that when someone got banned, their messages don't get deleted. So I sent her a screenshot of the things he said, and her response was, You're lying. That's clearly Photoshopped. I don't even know how to use Photoshop. And so I told her, Believe that all you want, but your idiot of a son isn't joining back. And I hung up and blocked her number. My other friend and I talked about this incident later and he told me I should post it here So here it is. I guess it was kind of funny And there we go, a nice little story to start off today's video. To be honest, I've had this a lot in my own Discord server. Yes, the vast majority of the 10,000 people in there, all of you guys are great, but you do get some people that come in and just, you know, break the rules and be aggravating on purpose, which is very annoying. By the way, if you haven't joined my Discord server, links down below, 10,000 people in it and we all talk about Reddit all day, get in there. I also want to say a big thank you to this user, VoidDoom, for posting the story on my subreddit, r slash redditorYT. If you guys want to get involved in the subreddit, there are, as of right now, Thank <laughs> you. 32.6 thousand members pretty insane people on r slash yt That is my subreddit go over there post your stories post your memes about me Or if you like you can just go and post loads of memes about karen's me my channel anything really The subreddit is now also getting moderated by a good little team that we've put together and yeah They're doing great work making sure the sub is up to date looking good. No reposts No, like terrible memes only the top quality content gets allowed in there So yeah, go and check it out 32,000 people enjoy it link in the description as well that is r slash redditor yt and again if you want to post your stories there you have a chance of them being read up by me on my channel just like user void doom you're legend thank you and now moving on to our second story of today's video an entitled mum on the train tries to force me to let her kid try my trumpet during covid for some context i am a trumpetist in a local orchestra and i need to go to rehearsals in another district every week I live in a city that is very large geographically and getting to a different district is like going to another city And it takes around an hour on the lrt. The lrt is the light rail train It acts as a commuter rail in my city So I get on the train at a terminal station So there's usually a seat next to the glass separator thingy that I can lean on and take a nap The reason i'm making this post is also the reason why I didn't get to take a nap on my way to rehearsal today As usual, I got in pretty early and found an ideal seat and sat down Cue the entitled mum and her son The kid being a kid is obviously curious about the case that I keep on my lap He asked me what's in the case I told him about the trumpets and the orchestra and whatnot and he asked me to show him it I was fine with that as long as i'm careful not to drop it. It's no big deal at all Well, it all went downhill from there. The kid asked to try and play it Obviously, I said no. We were on a train after all, and although I doubt we would make a sound, having not learnt how to use the mouthpiece, I don't want to risk it. It's also just not hygienic to share a mouthpiece, something that you literally stick to your lips to a total stranger, especially during COVID. Kids being kids, he obviously got loud, and the entitled mum being an entitled mum. Obviously was determined to get her little precious whatever he wants the entitled mum, who was sitting on the opposite side from me People sit sideways on this kind of train asked me nicely Hey, what's the big deal with letting the kid play with your trumpets? At this point i was already triggered i tried to stay as calm as possible though you see mom i point to the two mouthpieces that i have we blow into this and it's a bit unhygienic to share mouthpieces you've got two of them just use the other one i use both of them these two are for different purposes oh quit being sophisticated it's just a toy i'm already mad at this point i got into a decent music college with trumpet playing and i get paid for playing for the orchestra it's obviously not a toy not for me mom i play this trumpet in an orchestra for a part-time job i wouldn't don't take yourself too seriously music isn't an actual job that you can get fed on she's actually getting pretty loud at this point her kid started to cry and people around who don't know what happened stared at me as if i'm the bad guy you music students are truly spoiled she continued good kids study math physics and economics hobos study music and arts um i get paid 300 bucks per month for this that's a decent amount by the way for a part-time job where i live i save all of that for college i'm sure you work a decent job as well but i wouldn't exactly call myself a hobo did you just talk back to me without using honorific form of the word you in my language For those of you that may not understand what that means in certain languages I know like in spanish for example You have a more respectful way of saying you that is you know Traditional and nice to use with strangers and people that you don't know Clearly op has not gone to the length of using it here because he has no respect for this entitled mum, and I don't really blame him Anyway, yes, I did at that point. I didn't want her to think that I respected her or her words There you go. That clears up. I stopped talking to her closed up the case and left the seat She started literally yelling at me. Is that how you treat a person from an older generation from you at home? Unbelievable. Well, guys, it gets even better from here. She grabbed my headphone cord and ripped them out of my ear. I was wearing it the whole time during this conversation because it sucks at soundproofing. She grabbed onto it and demanded me to apologize no way in heck i was gonna it's my station let go of the headphones or i'm gonna call security we have security staff on the trains and usually they help elderly people getting on and off stop people from smoking etc she did not let go i didn't even need to call the security guy he saw what was happening and demanded the lady and her kid to leave the train at the next stop i finally got some peace and quiet and got off one station later than where i usually do just so I wouldn't be getting off at the same station with her. The station I actually got off at wasn't much further to the place we were rehearsing at, and the extra few cents for going slightly further definitely was worth it. I mean, come on guys, even out of covid just in normal times sharing someone's mouthpiece on a trumpet That is pretty disgusting. Like i'm not gonna lie. I would never normally do that I would never ask a random person. Can I blow on your trumpet, please? That is disgusting What if they have jerk like that's just disgusting in general Let alone during covid where people are dying because of a worldwide pandemic. Have you heard of it by the way? Em, clearly not that is just nuts. Why would you let my son blow on your trumpet? Are you dumb? How about that for a question crazy? And now moving on to our final story of today's episode. My entitled mother destroyed my trust by invading my privacy. I've always had a contentious relationship with my parents. I was adopted at a young age, but old enough to remember a time before them. I've done my best to make peace with the mistakes they've made and the mistakes I made when I was younger, but I found myself loving them from a distance over the past decade. A few incidents stand out as being particularly damaging, and looking back on it now, I've never truly forgiven them for it. There was a time when I was younger when I did an extensive amount of journaling. I'd always love writing and recording my thoughts throughout the day. It's a practice I feel should be more widespread our own words are a living time capsule of times that will soon fade from memory when i got older my parents bought me my first computer i'd taken to using word to journal and being a moody teenage boy i'd often write about my various arguments and struggles with my parents in one particular entry i'd written something of the effect of my father always thinks he knows best for me in a snarky and unflattering way i was under the impression that no one had access to these but me I was wrong though. Only a few days later, my mother aggressively pulls me aside at home and begins to berate me about my journal, mocking me and yelling at me for daring to question my father's authority. I couldn't say anything in the moment. I was mortified that my mother had so ruthlessly invaded my privacy like that. There were so many things I wanted to say, but I just froze and took her vicious verbal abuse. I never journaled as I had done before ever again. I've tried to take it up again, but even writing my words in notebooks makes me too paranoid. I couldn't trust my parents to respect me or my privacy for years after this. I frequently deleted my browser history and recycling bin, even long after I got to computers of my own that they literally had no access to. There were other incidents like this, including a time when my mother violently smacked a drink I was holding and splashed it all over my brother. Then blamed me for it saying later. It was disrespectful to drink while she was scolding me I've made a plethora of excuses for them over the years My mother more so than my dad our relationship has never been the same since I came out And my boyfriend keeps telling me that they were incredibly toxic to me when I was younger It doesn't help that my mother refuses to call him my boyfriend and refers to him as my friend no matter what. It's so frustrating because I do love them and respect them so much for taking me and making me feel like their own. They eventually had my younger brother naturally and they've always credited that to the joy I brought them by completing their family. I wish it didn't have to be so complicated and I do want to see them more. They just make it so hard to look past certain behavior. I've thought about going no contact for a while just so I can process how I really feel. Writing this post has already done a great deal for me and I hope maybe soon I'll have some clarity. Take care everyone and be kind to yourselves. You deserve to be happy, never forget that. Well, yep guys, that is for sure. This guy definitely speaks the truth overall though I'm, not really sure how to feel about this story because on the one hand as you say OP, Yeah, you were lucky they came along this family picked you up adopted you gave you a decent life It sounds like but on the other hand if they are toxic to you now and you know Abuse you and don't accept your sexuality and all that sort of stuff Then was it really a good thing that they adopted you in the first place? I don't know it's a tough one because like a lot of kids never end up getting adopted, never have that family. Luckily you've had that, but at what cost? Because these people don't seem like great parents to be honest. To me it kind of feels like they're well, we're not using you, but they're kind of taking advantage of you and forgetting how much joy you did bring them. And that is obviously like a horrible thing that they should never forget. But yeah, I think your boyfriend is right. You have been living under toxic parents for a long time now, and maybe going no contact is a great thing. You can go no contact and still love them. By the way, you can always love people but never get on with them. That makes sense. Family's family, is family um, and yeah, I feel like you've got kind of. Unlucky here. It was meant to be all rosy and everything, but in reality it wasn't so i'm sorry about that But that invasion of privacy is just nuts. Yeah, that is disgusting I won a lawsuit against a guy who tried to force me out of business because I broke his local monopoly I am 26 years old and I decided to open my own business this year moving forward in this post I should point out that I am from a small town a thousand people in the rural midwest because of this Everyone has some sort of connection with someone. We went to one of the liquor stores in the closest city 30 ish minutes away a small city of 8,000 people. When we were grabbing some alcohol for a party, I was looking at the prices and saw how insane they were. For a six-pack of local beer, we were charged $15. I was thinking about this and figured that I could probably make bank opening a liquor store. Back in February, I was furious about my trashy job and thinking out loud how cool it would be to own my own business to a friend. My friend's mum happened to be the president of the local bank. He told me, Hey, with the pandemic, the bank's been struggling to find customers to give out loans. Right now, the bank is giving loans for very cheap. A couple of weeks later, I went in and met with my friend's mum and pitched my idea with the research I'd done on alcohol prices, potential demand, and estimated income. I got the loan at a fantastic rate. I bought a building, which happened to be the former bank, and hired my dad to help me renovate the building. My dad is a general contractor, and he gave me an excellent quote on materials and labor. After working everything out with distributors, getting the proper licenses, and getting my paperwork I needed for the government, I was ready to open my liquor store in May. i started taking out ads in the Local newspaper advertising my store and my prices. When I was in talks with my distributors, I learned, even with inflation and everything else, the liquor stores in the city had like an 80% markup. I talked to a local business owner and he suggested that I have around a 35 to 40% markup. Because of this, I was significantly cheaper than the closest liquor store and had a much wider selection than the gas stations and small local stores nearby. My hometown is in a national forest. As such, we have a ton of people who come up for weekends for recreational activities year-round my first week the week before memorial weekend after opening i'd made a four thousand dollar profit. it was great being my own boss if someone was rude to me or my girlfriend's oh i'm sorry well you can do your business elsewhere if someone tells my girlfriend something racist because she's chinese well they can pay me 15 percent more at the register did the gang and i run out of alcohol time to grab my keys not car keys the store keys my apartment is like two blocks away and just go to my own store that's not to say that it wasn't difficult running my own business Especially given that my only employee was my girlfriend and we were both working six or seven 10 to 12 hour days a week I was both manager accountant and cashier, but screw it It's so much nicer knowing I can tell someone to pound sand for being an idiot a couple of weeks after Memorial Day, some old guy walks into my store a couple of minutes after I opened. He seemed friendly enough, but eventually he offered to buy my store. I'm not gonna say the amount, but it wouldn't have even covered my principal on the loan. I rejected the proposal outright and refused to negotiate the sum higher. He walked out of my store saying, Welp, you'll be sorry you rejected that offer. The next month, a guy walked into my store and asked if I was the owner. After saying yes, I was informed that my business was being sued by this random guy I'd never heard of for libel. After he left, I was freaking out and I decided that I was going to close early. When I got home, I googled the guy and soon saw a picture of the guy that tried to buy my store. It turns out that that is the guy who owns both of the liquor stores in the nearby city. It also just so happens that he is on the city council. With a little bit of further digging, I learned that this city has an ordinance that reads... Any business institution that does not fulfill the definition of a restaurant tavern or liquor dispensary Will be excluded from obtaining a license for the sale of alcohol later I discovered that the same guy happens to be the head of the board which approves liquor licenses I love small-town corruption either way. I had a major issue My maternal uncle happens to be a lawyer in a neighboring state. I decided to call him and try and get some legal advice I talked to him and read the documents that i had been handed and served over the phone and the research I'd done After receiving all of the information that I'd read off. I was expecting to get some sort of advice But instead I heard hang on. I gotta make a call and he hung up i'm freaking out i was actually about to post my first post to r slash legal advice i'll be honest i just wanted someone to tell me it was going to be okay and i didn't need to crawl to this guy on my hands and knees as i was writing that title my uncle called back hey op i just got off the phone with my partner he agreed that we can take your case pro bono if you'd like to accept we can discuss in my office tomorrow at one o'clock This is how I learned that my uncle is on the bar in three states So we meet and we discuss the case It turns out that the guy filed the libel suit against my business based on the ads I took out in the local newspapers He claimed that my ads were targeted to damage his and his business's reputation There were a few other things that I had no idea about that were being referenced But my uncle assured me that we would win this case no problem Three weeks later the case was dismissed But after my uncle says people like that piece of work will likely try and file another suit against you if that happens, call me and I promise I'll help. The next day I get served again, but this time I am the defendant, not my store, me. I swear to God, I look at the documentation and the only thing that changed was instead of my business's name, it's mine listed as a defendant. The same thing happens and four weeks later, the case is dismissed. Over the next three months, I was sued just as many times. Before the fifth case's hearing, we had a settlement meeting. My uncle, the judge, the guy suing me, his lawyer, a bailiff and I were sitting in in this room. The judge says, You two have been in court four times already. Is there any way we could come to an agreement that will stop this cycle of faulty litigation? The guy's lawyer says they have an offer and hand it to my uncle who then hands it to me. It essentially read that he'll stop all litigation if I sell my business for about 30% of remaining loan principal. I outright rejected the offer and made a counteroffer. I said, if you drop this case, I won't sue your butt for harassment. He bursts out laughing. Sue me? With what money? The legal fees alone ought to have drained you. You should be happy I chose to extend this offer and not sue your butt into bankruptcy And buy that trash off on the bank when they foreclose on your dumb bar. The judge the bailiff and the guy's own lawyer were all looking at him Aghast for saying the silent part out loud about the real reason I was getting sued My uncle straight out said to him oh, I'm sorry, apparently you were never told. I've taken all of my nephew's cases pro bono. The only money he has spent on your litigation is gas. And bluntly, sir, I think your outburst has just insured a suit against you. After that, we just left. And I was then informed a few days later the litigation was dropped. Right now, my uncle and I are talking about the future suit against the guy. I want to sue the guy for a very high amount to try and get press attention on him and his sketchy actions. Although my uncle warned me that we'll need to be careful because if we set the damage too high it will look like we're just being vindictive this suit won't be pro bono but after getting sued five times for free essentially i'm not going to complain looking back on this i'm so thankful that my friends and family supported the entire way especially my uncle without my uncle i would have absolutely lost my business Wow, big up your uncle because without him I completely agree with you. You would have been absolutely screwed It is mental that that sort of corruption still exists today and probably is more common than we even know But good for you for getting some sort of justice and again your uncle absolute legend You can just tell this business owner is so dumb as well because of what he said right in front of the judge The fact that he's literally doing this and suing you to try and make you spend all your money on these cases And then be forced to close down your business. is so stupid But um, yeah good thing that he said that because now You have an easy win incoming now next up We have an update to one of the most popular stories i've read out on my channel recently To sum up, this story was all about an underage girl falsely accusing her sister of buying her and her friends alcohol. Now, if you haven't yet seen the original story, please do go back and watch that right now. Listen to that now before we get into this update. The link is in the top line of the description and you need to have listened to that before this for it to make sense. But anyway, with that being said, let's get into this. So, update. My own sister made false accusations against me because I refused to supply alcohol for her party. I expected to be able to log out of this account and just not come back but it seems my sister saw my original post on youtube she since called home and attempted to raise hellfire she contacted our mother in a furious rage saying that i've humiliated her and in a complete shock to me my mom didn't care my sister told her how to find my post and she read it and now she was mad at me but more so because she felt i made her look like a bad mother all over again but my dad got involved and said it wasn't like i was lying because back then the things she and my sister did were inexcusable my mum agreed in a very sad way but still said she she wish i'd never posted the story i suppose i couldn't fault her for that i ended up talking to my sister over the phone because our mum gave her my current number And the first thing she did when I answered was scream in my ear I stopped the call because of the screaming and so the call was followed by a flurry of text messages My sister demanded. I take my original post down. I refused She threatened to get our parents to make me take it down But our parents by this time already knew about the post and between them our dad doesn't care And our mum is more mad that I made her look like a bad mother all over again So she threatened to get a lawyer and sue me for defamation. I told her to go right ahead My post was made anonymously and if she sues then a lot of people are going to find out that my post was about her She asked if that was a threat I said no It's just something that will likely happen if people dig more into both of our past if she starts a lawsuit It might even affect her career rather than responding in text My sister called me again and I told her i'd hang up and block her if she screamed in my ear one more time She angrily demanded. I just take my original post down again or else I pointed out that this is the first time we've spoken in six years and she had no problem throwing me under the bus in the past anytime she could and now she's mad because her own actions are reflecting poorly on her when no one else knows the story was about her but us and i really didn't care what she thought of me anymore dad has pretty much disowned her and she destroyed all the golden child love our mum had for her my sister actually denied being a golden child so i started to explain exactly what one was she interrupted me saying that she's on reddit all the time she knows what a golden and child is and i could only laugh at the fact that she knows that and still denied having been one i pointed out all the things from my first post how she lied so much how she always had our mother on her side and how she was openly our mum's favorite and how she expected everything to be handed to her. She was a golden child, there's just no denying that. Well, she took this very personally and said that she wished our mother had aborted me, just like she'd said all those years ago when I refused to take the blame for her crime. I just laughed some more and asked if that was all she had in her little black book of bad insults. She didn't find it amusing that I found it so amusing. I fired back about how she is a self-important narcissist and always will be She milked our parents for so much and had no appreciation for it right down to that well-paid la office job She's working that dad got her. She scoffed at me and said she got that job on her own merit I laughed again no she did not suddenly a well-connected la firm scouted her several states away after college to come and work for them when she had no prior experience as an intern it just doesn't happen the old ceo of that company was a friend of our dad's before he passed away and dad called in a favor that's how she got the job my sister of course went into more denial about the truth i just presented her but i guess it finally clicked in her mind that i was correct she's a narcissist but she's not dumb So she just started bragging about how well she's been doing at that job. She made it to assistant manager and is set to be next in line for full manager someday. I was unimpressed and she demanded to know why. So I pointed out that I've moved on to managing one of dad's smaller businesses entirely. Sure, it was technically promotion through nepotism, but I worked hard to earn it. And dad's openly stated that when he someday passes away, I am to inherit everything. Not that I'm clamoring for it, like she undoubtedly would. I actually want our dad to live a good long time. She was so angry that she hung up on me and then called our parents again She asked dad if she'd really been disinherited and he confirmed that she had been dad's will is set to leave her only a small settlement so she can't contest it and if she were to try and contest it she'd automatically get nothing even our mum's will has basically written my sister out my sister ended up crying and saying it wasn't fair but both of our parents pointed out that her framing me all those years ago wasn't fair ghosting them after they paid so much money to keep her from getting a felony and putting her through four years of college was unfair they had nothing left they wanted to give my sister ended up blocking us all from phones to social media. We can't see anything now But we really don't care My mom sat me down and gave me a long-awaited more sincere apology for what happened so long ago Especially for that day that she tried to make me take the blame for my sister Years without my sister in her life and the recent incident has made her realize more than ever that she was a terrible mother to us both And she can't undo anything, but she wanted to at least say she was incredibly sorry and that she loved me She's just been too ashamed to really show it She's now finally looking into therapy and she's even making an effort to spend more time with my dad like in the old days It's ironic really My sister tore our family apart and then she somehow put it right back together by being the same kind of nasty person She's always been so sis if you see this post and I bet you will don't bother trying to contact us again Because if you do then any more drama you cause is going to end up right here So, please leave us alone for the foreseeable future And wow, there we go. I'm not entirely sure if that was the update I was expecting to be honest I didn't really think that your mum, especially would turn out like this and actually understand and realize how bad of a mother She has been to both her kids But it is great to see and i'm happy that finally everyone apart from your sister is realizing how entitled your sister is My entitled dad didn't want me to go to my friend's funeral So this happened a long time ago back when I was in eighth grade 14 years old I'm currently in 11th grade anyways, so back in sixth to eighth grade i had this one friend i'll call caroline she was always very sweet and constantly thinking about others and the environment in seventh grade she was diagnosed with cancer she went into remission at the end of seventh grade and was cancer free for about four months before they found a new group of cancer i hadn't heard from her in a while but was still in contact with our mutual friends it was a tuesday when i got a call from my friend alex she was with a group of my friends when she told me that caroline had passed at first i didn't believe her and told her to stop joking around finally it hit me that she was actually gone but by that point i'd got to school i cried through my entire first hour and second hour i felt numb for the rest of the day when I got home, I told my parents I wanted to go to the funeral. My mom was pretty supportive. She didn't want me to miss school, but she knew how much I wanted to be there for my friends and how I needed closure. My entitled dad, on the other hand, said that school was more important and that I shouldn't go unless I needed to. I told him that not only did I need to go, but I wanted to be there for my friends. He grumbled and said that it wasn't that big of a deal and that missing school would mess me up. The day of the funeral, he asked me in the morning if I was absolutely sure that I wanted to miss school for this. I ignored him mostly." I went and cried with my friends I'm glad I went there because I ended up making amends with an old friend and was able to help another friend who started having a panic attack It helped most of us get a lot closer than we had been my entitled dad still grumbled about me missing school But my teachers were understanding and gave me extensions. I mean, honestly, what does he think is gonna happen? One half day of school one full day of school to go to your friend's funeral There's literally nothing more tragic than a child dying and he says no, you're not allowed to go You're gonna miss what one math lesson who cares? Thankfully your teachers aren't as stupid as your dad But it's crazy to me that he prioritizes a few lessons at school of your emotional well-being and seeking closure after your friend's death I'm your new manager and you'll listen to me. No, I really won't This story happened when I was still working as a machinist back when I was 19. I started that job on second shift, 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., but was transferred to weekend shift, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., barely six months later. Now, the manager for Weekend was an older man we'll call James. This is important for later. Since the Weekend was severely understaffed, we were each put in charge of multiple machines. I was in charge of running four machines that formed a big block in a corner of the factory hardly anyone ever went to. One Friday morning as I was setting up my machines, a short rotund man with a Vernon Dursley moustache walked up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder. Surprised that I had a visitor, I pulled my head out of the machine and greeted him. Hi, can I help you with something? I ask. He introduces himself. Okay, nice to meet you. I'm OP. I hold up my hand for him to shake, which he ignores. Yeah, I'm just looking around, uh, trying to get a feel for the place, you know? Understandable, I guess. I trailed off, not really sure what he wanted, and knowing I had about 20 minutes to get the machines going before I fell behind on my work order. You've got a pretty nice setup here. I wouldn't have known there was anyone working back here if I hadn't wandered over this way. Yeah, I guess. I bet you have fun back here. You can just slack off all day and no one comes by to bother you. He laughs in a condescending way. Sorry, but is there a point to this conversation or can I finish setting up? Yeah, I probably could have been a bit more tactful here, but I worked my butt off and had the highest job completion rate out of every shift who ran those machines. This was quite a feat considering I was alone and the other shifts had between two and four people running the same machines. The man then sneers at me. You don't know who I am, do you? Nope, should I? Yeah, you should. I'm your new boss. I stare at him for a second. Then I laugh. Wait, what? Did James finally retire? What? James? What's he got to do with this? Uh, James is my manager. It was at this moment. I realized that this guy had gotten ahead of himself and didn't even know who he was in charge of yet. No, he's not. I am. I was just promoted to first shift manager. That means you work for me. No, that's not what that means, I said slowly. I'm on weekend shift, not first. So you're not my boss, James is. Well, if you're weekend, then why are you running first shift's equipment? He asked in a, aha, got you kind of way. Well, this is where I've been assigned. You want specifics? You're going to have to ask the manager. I didn't choose which machines I run. I am your manager. No, you're not. Now, can I please get back to work? At this point, this guy steps into my personal space and looks up at me with a frown on his face like it was somehow my fault that i was a foot taller than he was i'm the first shift manager good for you man and i mean that but that doesn't mean you're my manager he then pokes me in the chest i'm the first shift manager that means you have to listen to me i look down at his finger then take a step back so he isn't touching me anymore don't do that. He is seemingly amused by my response, so steps closer and tries to poke me again. It was at that moment that my actual manager showed up. What's going on, OP? Says James. Machine ready to get moving? Not yet. I was just being introduced to this guy. Guess I got distracted. James sees how irritated I look and quickly realized what was going on. Is that right? Hey, uh, why don't you let me introduce you to the other weekend guys? OP's got to get these machines going so he can make raids. Yeah, sure. Have a good day, OP. I'll see you later. James leads him away and I got back to work without any more interruptions for the rest of my shifts But the new manager had apparently decided that my defiance was unacceptable and something he needed to personally correct So I hadn't seen the last of him just yet Over the next five months every encounter with this man went about the same way he would try to give me orders i'd refuse and he would keep pressing until i got irritated but eventually james got tired of the new manager complaining about me not listening to him and called me into the office for a chat he basically told me to just suck it up and do what he asked that it was only because i wasn't listening to him that he kept bugging me and that if i just gave in he'd get bored eventually and leave me alone so i begrudgingly went along with it and started doing all of the bs tasks that he wanted me to do these tasks included painting tables for first fixing entire baskets full of parts that first shift screwed up shoveling brass chips from a wheelbarrow to a barrel for absolutely no reason and setting up machines for first shift and i was expected to do those while still doing my own job if i didn't really need the money i would have quit the moment james told me to go along with his bs But since I didn't the entitled manager only got more brazen as time went on Things finally came to a head one saturday morning Someone on third shift had forgotten to lock up the machine after a sensor malfunctioned So I went about setting it up for the next order code like I always did Completely unaware of the time bomb I had my head inside of one of the pneumatic doors bugged out due to the faulty sensor and slammed shut on my hand I should mention I had the machine in setup mode which should have stopped that from happening But that's why it's so important to lock out a machine when there's a sensor or an electrical issue in those machines i was lucky my hand wasn't crushed as it was my hand basically turned into a single giant bruise that even made it down to the bones with the help of another co-worker i got my hand out and went and reported the accident to james Company policy stated that I had to go to the hospital to have it checked out. After having the machine inspected, James knew I couldn't have done anything to prevent it, but I still had to go to take a drug test after the hospital visit as a formality. Well, the new manager got wind that I was involved in the accident and decided now would be a great time to press his luck. He comes barging into James's office, demanding to know why I was stupid enough to put my hand inside a machine that everyone knew was messed up. Because I didn't know it was messed up? That's bs. You just wanted an excuse to go home I ignored him and kept my eyes focused on james while he finished filling out my paperwork I always knew you were a wuss, but this is a new level even for you op What you can't stand working like a real man. So you're just going home. I keep ignoring him. Hey op op i'm talking to you He steps around in front of me and pokes me in the chest while still ranting at me him touching me was the last straw James Get this stupid effort out of my face. Oh, you've done it now. He said triumphantly. You can't talk to me like that. I'm a manager. I'll have you fired. Do it, please. For the love of God, fire me. OP, calm down, James says. Just think about what you're saying. James, I swear to God, if he's still in this office in three seconds, I'm going to pick up this chair and I'm not going to stop until it's broken or he is. That shut the guy up for a minute anyway james are you gonna let him talk to me like that he just threatened me listen i'd advise you to shut the hell up and leave opie's a big guy and i'm too old to try and stop him if he decides to follow through the new manager darted out of the room a few seconds later you know you can't threaten people like that opie I'll back you up this time because he was out of line, but I won't be able to protect you next time. Yeah, thanks, James. Look, I'll call you when I leave the hospital. I said before leaving the office and driving myself 20 miles to the nearest one. The new manager never tried to harass me after that day. In fact, he did his best to avoid going anywhere near me, but he didn't exactly learn his lesson either. I'll tell that story if anyone is interested. Now guys, clearly I haven't had a chance yet to hear if you're interested, but I know that I am And there is an update so here we go. So unfortunately a few months after my accident I was moved to a different department This one dealt almost exclusively with lead products while i'd mostly worked with steel and lead-free products before then It turns out i'm pretty allergic to being absolutely covered in lead dust So I was told they couldn't risk having me in the department anymore and they let me go to this day I think the only reason I was moved was because of my altercation with the new manager, but I don't have any proof Now a few of you asked why this new guy was able to get away with so much The reason for that is simple nepotism His dad was head of the foundry for the better part of 30 years. And while he didn't have quite as much pull as the owners, he was well-liked and most people treated his word as law. So the entitled manager was given a job straight out of high school and he'd never worked anywhere else. His dad covered for him at every opportunity until the day he retired. Then his friends continued the trend. There was one incident where the entitled manager took a hammer to a vending machine and the plant manager bought a new one without so much as a harsh look in his direction. There was a whole mess surrounding my leaving that ended with the plant manager and the entitled manager lying to a judge about why I left. They tried to say I was a bad employee who didn't deserve my unemployment wages, which ultimately led to a trial, which I won. Now, most of this information comes from a few of my friends that still worked at the factory, but I know it's true because it made it into the local papers. The plant manager, the one who'd been protecting the entitled manager, had his power severely stripped after the trash storm with the judge settled. He had an assistant plant manager assigned to help him manage his work which is a fancy way of saying they tasked someone with watching him because his biggest backer was essentially now taken out of the picture the entitled manager didn't enjoy the same leeway he did with me in fact it seemed the new plant manager really didn't like him so when the entitled manager pushed another guy a little too far one day and he had a hammer wrench chucked at his head hard enough to shatter a window the thrower was just written up for breaking the window instead of fired or arrested for assaults about eight months after i left the plant manager who'd been protecting the entitled manager was let go by the company and for good reason he'd had the plant making parts they didn't even have orders for and for those who don't know at the end of the year when it's time to report the earnings and inventory to the irs you actually have to pay for the inventory you have on hand Presumably as estimated income since it's assumed you had orders for them. They had 10 30 foot tall 40 foot wide shelves full of baskets Of parts ready to be sold and not one of them had an order code assigned to them So the plant manager was gone after that blunder An intelligent person would have realized after that that it was probably time to stop being a butthole to people and that they were now well and truly alone in the factory, but not the entitled manager. No, he didn't learn a dang thing. Despite hammer wrenches being thrown at him, his tires mysteriously going flat five times in a month and pretty much everyone in the factory hating his guts. Why he wasn't just fired, I honestly don't know, but he wasn't. Until the day he landed the company in even more hot water. So, there was a truck driver who'd been working for the parent company of the factory for 20-something years. He was a well-liked, soft-spoken man who'd never been so much as written up in his 20 years. He was also black, which is important for this next part. This story was told to me by my friend George, who was a machinist. He was working about 10 feet away from the truck driver when this happened. One day, While the driver was waiting for his truck to be loaded up, the entitled manager spots him standing around on his phone. I heard he was talking to his wife, but I don't actually know. Hey, what are you doing? He asks. The truck driver pulls his phone away from his ear. I'm waiting for my truck to be loaded. Do you need something? Well, if you don't have anything better to do while you wait, how about you grab a broom and start sweeping? You know, actually make yourself useful for something other than blocking the path? Oh, I was blocking you. Sorry. I didn't realize he then tries to move out of the way Didn't you hear me? I said grab a broom and start sweeping. That's not my job, man But look if i'm bothering you i'll just wait outside until my truck's ready. Okay That's what I hate about you n-words. You're always trying to do anything to get out of work The truck driver hangs up his phone and tucks it in his pocket Don't do that again. Do what you know dang well what I don't know what kind of bad day you're having But don't use that word The entitled manager steps closer to him. "'What did you say to me?' The driver doesn't back down. "'I said, don't use that word.' "'What the frick are you gonna do if I do?' and then he says it again while poking the driver in the chest. What the truck driver did was immediately after that word left the entitled manager's mouth a second time, he punched the heck out of him. Now, I've heard conflicting stories about this part. Some say he jumped on the entitled manager's chest and proceeded to pound him into the concrete until someone could haul him off. But George claims he only hit him once, and that one punch cracked an eye socket, shattered his nose, and broke his jaw. Just for good measure, there was a forklift parked behind the entitled manager at the time, and that's what cushioned his fall. The forklift driver sitting in the driver's seat swears he thought he'd been rear-ended by another forklift after the entitled manager fell into him. An ambulance was called and he was rushed to hospital to undergo emergency surgery, and the driver was unfortunately arrested for assaults. Don't worry though. Remember that plant manager who didn't like the entitled manager? He was at home at the time it happened, but he made it to the factory before the truck driver was taken away in handcuffs. He personally dropped a few hundred dollars and went around to everyone in the factory with a collection bag asking them to donate to pay the truck driver's bail fund. He raised over 10 grand in less than an hour and had the driver bailed out in three. The driver sued the company for emotional damages, racial discrimination, and a couple of other things. Then he retired with the money he got from the case. There were a lot of people who backed up his word that the entitled manager started it. And as for the manager, he was fired before he woke up from his surgery's anesthetic. The plant manager personally drove almost an hour on his day off to tell the entire manager the good news in person. And then he waited for him to wake up just to make sure he got it. He applied to several other management positions in the local area, but he would burned a heck ton of bridges during his life and nobody would hire him. He now works as a food vendor at a traveling carnival. I still see him once a year when the carnival comes to town and he scowls at me every time like I personally ruined his life. That look is the only reason I still go to that carnival. Wow, what an incredible story. I've got to say thank you to OP for providing an update. That second part was fantastic. Fantastic justice as well. Imagine waking up from an operation where you've been anesthetized and you hear, yeah, by the way, mate, uh, you're fired. Like, if if things couldn't get any worse, you just get told to your face by someone you hate, you're fired from your job. You know what? Sometimes when you get stories like this that are just so feel good and yeah, people just get great justice that they deserve. It makes me feel truly fantastic and I hope it does to you, as well because you know what there's nothing better than seeing someone get fantastic karma when they really, really deserve it. An entitled parent's son committed S.A., and the entitled parent blew up my life when I didn't agree with him. I have to start a bit further back than I would like, but context is important so as to understand the size of metaphorical bullets I've managed to dodge. While this tale does contain some small references to military activities, I've avoided all official lingo, as it's just easier for most to understand in layman's terms. I know the proper terminology, but it's not really relevant. The star of our show, the entitled parent incarnate, is former military, so maybe it's also so a bit petty since it will irritate him if he ever reads this now the will of the fates has always worked out for me in the end of harrowing situations throughout my entire life however it's not been without some mistakes that have taken years to crawl out from under this mistake being one of them what follows here is an intricate powder keg of entitled parent foolery that was months in the making without me even realizing it and it ignited too late for me to avoid a massive blowback The entitled parent in this flashback of horror is my now ex-fiancé, who I'll refer to as Henry, after Henry Jekyll. Henry informed me after a few weeks of dating him that he had a son that was conceived with his ex-wife. His marriage had supposedly ended on an explosive bad note after a decade of verbal and physical abuse. I saw a fixer-upper of a man, and we could easily relate to each other, as my previous marriage was emotional abuse and a costly escape. Solidarity is a powerful bonding agent even in the best of circumstances, and unbeknownst to me, I was about to into the worst. I dated Henry for two years, during which he moved into my apartment after only three months as we were head over heels for each other and it was a good move at the time. We spent the entirety of quarantine together. We adopted two adorable kittens. I personally financed a new car for him after his old car died and I gave that man my entire life on a silver platter. Henry had described his son, who i refer to as Hyde, as the only light in his life during his marriage and I took him for his word. Henry's ex-wife will be referred to as Helia, since Hellion is usually reserved for children and Hella is too nice of a namesake Helier had sole custody of Hyde, and Henry acted the part of loving father who was unjustly wronged in the past. I stupidly believed him, and didn't mind that Henry had never actually divorced Helia. After all, my own prior divorce put me in such a financial hole, I was understanding that it wasn't the easiest process to endure. Helia agreed to grant Henry some visitation privilege so she could enjoy weekends without Hyde, and this way Henry could rebond with his son. Supposedly a win-win for all of them. I was supportive and happily offered to make Hyde as comfortable as possible should he spend weekends over? When Hyde came over to visit, I immediately noticed that he was a very needy 10 year old boy of the nth degree. This child had textbook abuse behavioural signs. I would know my entire childhood was filled with trauma and I'd been in therapy for over a decade. Yay. I empathised with Hyde and I understood where some of his attention seeking behaviours stemmed from, but didn't enjoy time with him much as it left me drained and lifeless afterwards. Henry assured me that Hyde was a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. But I quickly realised that even if this was the case, which it sometimes appeared to be, Henry did not want to be a parent. Henry loved being a dad, especially a weekend's only dad, but not a parent. Henry wanted someone who was happy with him all the time, who didn't see him as the flawed human he is, and Hyde was perfect for this fallacy. Hyde got everything his heart desired when Henry acquired permission to have Hyde sleep over at my apartments. During these visits, I did my absolute best to cater to Hyde's conversations, bragging, and appetite, but it strayed me a bit, being in a one-bedroom apartment with essentially two children to babysit. Henry was irresponsible at best, self-destructive at worst, and I would frequently have to cater to two bottomless pits of needs when his son would engage. Hyde was a sore loser in every game I entertained him with, and would always assume he knew more than me about everything henry's words were gospel and mine were newspaper trash in comparison i learned that this is due to Hyde having zero respect for women much too late to be of any help to this kid. having to share such a small space with these children motivated me to begin a house purchasing search after months of effort proved fruitless henry suggested i look into military service as the va home loan can be quite decent henry's credit was too poor to get a loan for tomatoes let alone a house so the task fell to me i was dumb and in love so i figured it was worth looking into I'm a stubborn stick in the mud on a bad day and on a good day I will find ways to accomplish herculean tasks in any way possible So this was a goal I agreed with after a lot of trials and error I wound up enlisting in the u.s. Navy reserves so I could get my butt back home ASAP and get us that house We wanted i've done much worse for less. So bring it on boot camp. I'm gonna get us a house Henry accepted a very lucrative job promotion out of state that was due to start the day that I would ship out for training We lamented the poor timing but resolved to make the most of it and start a new chapter in our lives Henry was tasked with uprooting our living space to be closer to his new job, and the fuses to our powder kegs started to twine together. Initially, Henry had moved into my apartment with not much other than the clothes on his back and a handful of weed. Every item in our shared living space was purchased by yours truly, and Henry had assimilated into my apartment without so much as having to buy a spare coffee mug. Henry had never had to move before and was a bit intimidated by the task appointed to him. I had one month of time before I was due to fly away for basic training, after which I was supposed to be gone for eight months total, a provided military training, basic was to be two of those months. I believe in my beloved tiny apartment behind to unknown fates and returning to a home I'd never set foot in to support Henry and Hyde. I've been through more stressful situations before, so I resolved to help Henry in the weeks before I left while maintaining my full-time job, providing notice to my employer that I was moving out of state, working out daily to maintain fitness for basic and setting sights on the future. I packed up what belongings I could when I was off work during the week, entertained Henry and Hyde on weekends and resolved that the storm of stress would subside soon, This was only temporary henry proposed to me at home over dinner with a promise that when I returned He'd have started the divorce process after all He supposedly had eight months that i'd be gone and we could begin our future together There wasn't a ring but a cute necklace from stardew valley that meant the same to me I trusted henry with my life happily granting him durable power of attorney so that he could vacate my apartment for me and handle anything I might need while cut off from the world for training. I knew that I would temporarily forfeit my phone and bills still have to be paid, so sharing my online banking info was an easy decision. I'd unwittingly added another barrel to the powder keg pile. The day comes to leave for training. Henry is scheduled for his first shift at his new job out of state. It's only one state away, but a decent drive. So he wishes me luck, has our cats packed up in his car, and drives off into the sunrise while I I'm sitting at my military recruitment office with a backpack and anxiety. I'm to fly the furthest I've ever flown from home, but at least I get to come back relatively quickly, being just a reservist after all. I get to training, make the final required phone call to Henry, letting him know I made it, power off my phone for confiscation, and endure the start of boot camp underprepared and overwhelmed. After a few weeks and a happy mandatory phone call later, Henry wrote me a few letters via an app that sends mail to recruits in training. I know now that if I hadn't have informed him of this convenience, he would have never bothered to put effort into writing to me at all. Henry sent some photos of our cats, pictures of Hyde at the state fair, and filled me in on a few things that were happening while I was gone. While in training, I was hastily reassigned to a job that would only require one month of training after graduation, compared to the original plan of six months. Reasons for this development are personally confidential, but it wasn't something I could argue. Initially cripplingly disappointed at my job changing, I was somewhat happy to be returning home in time for Christmas. A very kind base staff member permitted me to call Henry to inform him of this bittersweet news as I was a teary-eyed emotional wreck at this point in time. Henry was audibly ecstatic to hear that I'd be home the very first week of December and he'd found an apartment near his new job for us. Henry was supposed to come to my basic training graduation. He was informed of the date via a letter sent out the very first week I was in training but failed to plan something two months in advance i was disheartened that nobody would be there to congratulate me for this small milestone but it was okay i had a new home waiting for me and that was motivation enough i asked to borrow a phone from a fellow graduate's mum after the event and she obliged so i could inform henry to expect open communication in a few short days when i would be sent off to my training school i enjoyed my first weekend off base and felt like life was finally going to calm down Unbeknownst to me, Henry, Hyde, and Helia were fumbling with a box of matches next to our powder kegs. Henry and I texted back and forth every day when I got to my training school. Phone calls were exchanged, plans made for the future, concert tickets purchased for the following year, etc. However, all was not well in communicating. Henry informed me that Hyde had sa a fellow schoolmates. This was our countdown to the apocalypse, and I didn't realize it. Hyde had hit? Groped and screamed at a poor female student at his school. Remember, Hyde is 10 years old, to suck his balls after smacking her butt and trying to grab her chest. Hyde did this in passing period with other students present, after rubbing his hands together like a cartoon supervillain. Henry informed me of these details as he witnessed the school security camera footage. Henry sounded like a slightly disappointed dad, but there wasn't genuine anger at his son for the severity of behavior displayed. Henry had successfully persuaded school administration to not suspend his son and the assaulted girl's parents put their daughter into therapy as Hyde received no punishment other than some yard work at Henry's parents house. Henry somehow convinced the poor girl's parents not to press charges against Hyde. I was livid. How could Henry's son ever think that this behavior was okay? As a survivor of SA myself, I couldn't fathom a child willingly doing that to another peer without having a few screws loose. I informed Henry that I hoped the other parents were going to press charges since Hyde's response went asked why he did it was that he thought it would be funny. Henry was audibly upset and ranted that it wouldn't do his son any good to be labeled an offender. And these kinds of stupid consequences wouldn't help him since he's just a child. Henry informed me that Hellier agreed with him and that he couldn't believe that I sided with the poor schoolgirl's parents in wanting to mindlessly persecute his innocent son, Hyde. I was flabbergasted that Henry's behavior had flipped so strongly into defending Hyde, even after the security camera footage. Hyde maliciously assaulted a female classmate, needlessly traumatized her, and was getting yard work as a consequence. I resolved that I wasn't Hyde's mother, but when I returned home, I'd see where the situation had developed. I called Henry on my first Saturday in Mississippi, and he didn't pick up the phone. He'd never missed the call before, but I figured life happens and he'll text back eventually. He does reply a few hours later and communication is back to normal frequent calls and texts are abound all throughout the next few days until tuesday tuesday october 26th 2021 henry texts me that he needs to talk to me i call him at the time he has told me to call him and he's at work he asked me to call him at work on purpose he tells me that he slept with helia and has rekindled his relationship with her powder keg ignition he slept with helia on saturday and i'd called him in the middle of it that's why he didn't respond. It took him three whole days to gather what little manhood he had to even let me know what he did. Henry states that his marriage never got closure, so he's going to pursue Helia again. He's keeping our cats because Hyde loves them, but I can have my belongings back when I return home since they're in a storage locker anyway. This chain of events culminated in one fact to burn down our house of cards. I believed Hyde deserved consequences for SA and Henry deemed me unfit to parent his son. So he ran to someone he knew would support his belief, hellier. I now had no home to go to. Henry had packed up and vacated my apartment. My belongings were stuffed in a storage unit out of state. My car was at Henry's parents' house. My bank account had one small military paycheck in it and no savings as I gave Henry access to my entire nest egg. I look into my finances with a wary heart and I have nothing left. Not even my old retirement fund, which I ended up having to pay extra taxes on. F you, Henry. I was broke, homeless, jobless, and even though I was in the military, I refused to go active duty because I didn't have anything left in me to give at the time. I was such an anxious wreck in the weeks following, I lost 15 pounds in a month. Word spread that I was cheated on and dumped by my long-term fiance. Unfortunately, that's common in the military. So aside from occasional friendly offers for drinks, nobody dared interact for fear of the F off attitude that I was happy to share. I was going to fix this without Henry and without Uncle Sam forcing me to live somewhere away from my now increasingly vital friend support circle back home. Reserves I would stay, but I had work to do. I was stuck in Mississippi, over 2000 miles away from home, And I had to focus on graduating this training school in between class I'm updating my resume and applying for jobs in my home state Calling in all favors from friends for when I come back So I can be picked up from the airport and have a temporary place to stay and mourning never seeing my two cats again The mother of one of my childhood best friends saw me posting on social media and quietly sent me some funds via paypal Even though I hadn't spoken to her in years I cried immediately when I saw her deposit everyone. I knew emerged from the woodwork to help even when i was nowhere near them i wouldn't have made it through without everyone and i dodged the bullets that were henry and hyde i did it i freaking made it i graduated made it home and i found my feet almost one year later i have a decent albeit overpriced but what isn't in this economy apartment a nice roommate, an adorable cat who is now friends with my roommate's kitten and a great job that I adore and pays well. I drill at a nearby Navy base once a month and my unit is a bunch of lovely dads who've adopted me into their fold with promises of tracking Henry's address for consequences if I ever requested it. Henry doesn't deserve even that much effort though. So I'll let sleeping dogs lie, knowing that Hyde will continue to be a horrible child. Amidst my belongings, some of Henry's own paperwork got mixed in and inside those files, I found horror that cemented my resolve that I'm better off without Henry and Hyde. Court documents, an arrest statement, school records, you name it, there was a negative form of it. Henry had assaulted Hyde a few years prior in a drunk rage and Hyde had a multitude of prior behavioral issues unknown to me at the time of hosting this demon under my roof. Hyde had been expelled from one school, suspended at another and had documented incidents at his current elementary. Hyde had sharpened popsicle sticks and threatened to stab students, cursed at and spit on teachers, assaulted classmates and instigated fights henry's son was a nightmare of a bully but henry was so blinded by wanting to be a friend instead of a parent that hide never faced a single dire consequence the only part of my life that's still broken is my credit it turns out being homeless is expensive and some items i can't get back from henry henry's mum is continually disappointed in her son and she helped me get most of my belongings back and even some of my houseplants survived since henry's kind sister took it upon herself to see some make it through for me Henry's sister and mother have been lovely to me and they never stop apologizing for Henry's behavior Even though it's not their fault. And there we go. What an incredible story and what an incredible person op is That was an absolute whirlwind and to be fair throughout parts of that story I was thinking surely you're gonna give up at some point But no you kept persevering even through that terrible period of your life with these two awful people that you know You happen to be family with at this stage. What can you even do at this point like oh horrible situation? Fair play for coming through her. It's actually so embarrassing from Henry's perspective. Like, what a terrible, terrible excuse of a man. You're letting your son get away with SA bullying, threatening people to stab them. Like, what is going on? How is this kid ever gonna learn what's right and wrong when you're literally just facilitating all of his behavior with the tiniest punishment? It's not even a punishment, what a bit of yard work for SA in school at the age of 10. You just know that this kid is gonna grow up and go to prison. That's the only way this is ever going to end. Surely. He's not learning anything. His life is set for behind bars. To be honest, it's just a shame that you got caught up in all of this and you happen to fall in love with this horrific man. You just know that the real punishment is going to come for Henry when Hyde grows up and gets to 18 and does something that's truly, truly terrible. I mean, I'm not excusing essay in school or making light of that, but, you know, this kid is going to do something seriously bad and end up in prison probably for the rest of his life. And at that point only will Henry probably realize, oh... I've not been the best parent here. Maybe I should have done something a little bit sooner like Opie's head. Karen gets destroyed by a four-year-old. Earlier today, I had an experience I will treasure for the rest of my life. Best of all, it's a short one. At the gym's pool, I wound up befriending a lady and her son after she gave up her swim lane so I could flail around without potentially steamrolling little kids in the family area. We ended up chatting a little bit when I'd be gasping for air on their end of the pool if I saw them again. Well, today it was pretty much the same deal. Except at one point, the mum flagged me down and asked me to keep an eye on her little one. She had to go to the bathroom. It's not my third day, I ask no questions. Because if you ask, odds are a woman will tell you what's wrong in excruciating detail. I just nodded and assumed responsibility while she scurried out of the pool to the locker room. She was gone for maybe 10 minutes, during which time I'd given up on helping the little guy learn to swim and instead was being used as an impromptu jumping platform. He'd stand on my shoulders, holding my hands and then jump in the water. I guess for him, it was like jumping off a skyscraper and I made sure he wasn't going to knock himself out on the pool edge or something. It was then that a woman water walked over to us with a little girl in tow, demanding to know where the boy's mother was and why he was using me like a jungle gym before i could reply the little guy rolled his eyes at the woman and said the following at max volume miss karen mummy asked mr op to watch me she hasn't pooped in three days and i think she just got unstuck Are you really going to ruin that for her too? The other adults in the pool within earshot, again, he was not quite with his question, all instantly went to either complete neutrality or barely concealed glee. I'm guessing said lady wasn't too popular with that crowd. Her face turned an alarming shade of red, and then she huffed her way to the edge of the pool and yanked her little one out, stalking into the locker room, muttering unintelligibly. The little dude definitely got a high five after that mic drop moment. I'm not his dad, and even if I was, I'd probably still have given him a high five. 5. I've absolutely no idea what he meant by two, though. I'll have to ask what the two meant next chance I get. His mum was more than a little mortified about her medical status being broadcast like that, and she only came back to grab her son so they could head home. This is the truly phenomenal thing about little kids. They just have no filter. Put someone like me, or maybe you watching in this situation, you probably come up with some sort of excuse or just apologize. But no, this kid just says the literal truth, embarrassing this Karen in the most unbelievable way. My mum has been trying to get rid of my husband and acting like she's the victim. I am a 22 year old woman and I've been married to my husband who is 37 for four years. Yes, I married a man in his 30s when I was 18. No, I wasn't groomed. It was more of a SWB, strangers with benefits, relationship at first. We didn't really know our ages. We knew that we had an age gap between us, but we didn't know how big it was. When we found out what it really was, I was already pregnant. So we both decided to say, ah, screw it. We made it this far. Why not see it to the end? He's big, sweet, adorable, amazing with our daughter. And he takes really good care of me i couldn't have asked for a better husband now my mom hates my husband but not for the reasons you think they went to high school together this town is small as heck everybody knows everybody and apparently how she acted back then is the same as how she acts now she was a spoiled brat that cried when she didn't get her way Heck, I've got a memory of her throwing a tantrum like a child in a mall because my granddad wouldn't buy her the purse she wanted. She used to fight me and my siblings for our grandparents' attention all the time. My mother was in her teens when she had me, but that didn't stop her from controlling my siblings and me. We were her puppets throughout our childhood. Also, she was and is a massive manipulator that's why my mom hates my husband. She keeps trying to control me and my husband is standing in the way of that. It took me watching my mother-in-law interact with my husband and his siblings to realize, oh, so this is how our mother should treat their children. My mom keeps trying to separate me from him. She's been trying everything in the book to get me to leave my husband, from lying about him to making everything he does towards me a big deal. The lies that my mom told about my husband range from very hilarious to just downright infuriating. One time, my mum told me that someone sent her screenshots of my husband's conversation with his supposed mistress. Why would an anonymous person send my mum, his mother-in-law, screenshots of someone else's conversation instead of his wife, She also told me that she overheard my husband say that he didn't love my daughter and me, that he's only using me for sex, which is something that we barely have. She planted small lace underwear underneath the living room couch. When I found it, I didn't immediately blame my husband. My mum wanted me to, but I didn't. My mum thinks my husband is being aggressive and controlling with me. My husband is six foot eight, 300 pounds, pure muscle, but he's a golden retriever in a human's body. He's a man child. He's always happy, very energetic, and is just a sweetie. My husband loves to pick me and our daughter up, then slam us on the mattress. We think it's fun. Or on a really special occasion, if I'm lying down, he will come up and lay his full body weight on me. Now she thinks that her husband shouldn't do such things, that they should treat their families like a delicate flower wrapped up in a pillow. She even told me that he was holding me captive because sometimes he would body block the doorframe. But I love when my husband acts like this because when he's not acting immature, that means he's stressed or depressed. So when he slams us against the mattress, that means he's okay and that's okay with me also food She thinks that my husband is controlling my eating i'm intolerant to mostly all animal products My husband realizes that I always get sick when I eat cheese or chicken So he stops really bringing it into the house But my mum thinks that that is my husband controlling my eating because if he really loves you He would let you eat what you want. He's going to starve you to death Not minding the fact that my acne is clearing up. I don't sound like a baby elephant when I blow my nose in the morning. But no, my husband is starving me and is definitely not worrying about my health. Then it's the fear mongering. My husband has a history of violence and my mum keeps using his history to try and put fear into me. Like I said above, my parents and my husband went to high school together. My mum told me all the time she witnessed my husband get arrested or be dragged into the principal's office for beating a kid. My husband was in the same gang with my dad so he was a violent delinquent my mom only told me this because she was worried about my safety i know about my husband's past behavior because he told me and my dad told me all the times that they got in trouble however the way my mum described my husband was like her trying to tell me that he is and was a violent man Like my husband's going to snap on me any day and kill me and our daughter in our sleep She told me not to have any more children with him because I would forever be attached to him And I couldn't leave if it got too violent My husband never laid his hands on me or our daughter He doesn't yell at us or anything of the sort My husband got help with these issues in his early 20s He left the streets and has been happy-go-lucky ever since Now you're probably wondering why my mum is in my life when she acts like this My mum being around me is new as I lost my dad almost seven months ago right after I found out I was pregnant he was my daddy and my daughter's best friend. I know how crazy my mum is, but I felt like I needed a parent. So I started letting her back in, but only a little bit at a time. Clearly, now it was a mistake. My mum has been trying to control my pregnancy ever since she found out, and she gets so annoyed when my husband stops her weird behavior. Then her tactic switched to saying that a mum should do this to a mum should do that, and back in my day, when I was pregnant with you and your sibling, I did such, such, and such. I smoked and drank while I was pregnant with your siblings, and they all turned out fine. No, they didn't. She keeps telling me that I'm not going to be a real mum if I get a C-section, which likely is going to happen. Now onto last week. My leg just gave out and I went tumbling down the stairs. The worst pain in my life. And I pushed out my daughter's fat ass head. My mum was freaking out while my husband was trying to find a good way to pick me up without hurting me. Luckily my daughter was at my mother-in-law's so I was on the couch in pain worrying that I might lose the child My husband went in the room to get his stuff together to take me to the hospital leaving me alone with my mum. She got evil. She was controlling back in my childhood But this this is the most messed up thing that she's done to me She told me to get up and that I should just walk off the pain that I'm a mother and that I need to start powering through I told her that I couldn't move that my arm and leg her Then that woman proceeded to grab me by the mess of my arm and try to make me stand up I was on the ground from the pain and I couldn't stand up So she started to basically drag me now I've never seen my husband that angry before but he pushed her away and gave her this terrifying face He picked me up to take me to the car while my mum was trying to argue with him So I got to the hospital in excruciating pain freaking the heck out my husband eventually had to go back home when he went back to the house my mum was still there and tried to pick a fight with him according to my husband things got physical because my mum went into great detail of how he's abusing my daughter and i and that she might not have proof but she's going to prove it he almost hit my mum, but he restrained himself and only left the bruise from where he grabbed her to be honest, I would've slapped the heck out of that woman. I'm back home now and everything has gone to chaos. My mom used the altercation she had with my husband to her benefit, saying that he assaulted her and that my accident wasn't an accident. This is the worst experience I've ever had, mostly because I'm now dealing with flying monkeys. Questioning my love for my mom because how can I be okay standing by my husband? i fell down the stairs i even could have lost my kids and my mum is doing this trash there are a lot of people who believe my mum's story and a few who don't i try to talk to people and tell them the truth about what really happened but they aren't listening to me now my husband is being harassed people are calling him a woman beater and a pos someone scratched up his car and popped the tires he's sad he's trying to act all happy like he usually does but i know when he's faking a smile and my daughter is very confused She doesn't know what's going on. I don't know how to explain why Daddy's car is all messed up, or why she's not allowed to see Grandma. We haven't left the house, answered our phones, or answered the door because people won't leave us alone. I could have avoided all of this if I just never let that woman back in. This is on me. Now, what have I gone through in the past week? One, we explained to my daughter in a kid-friendly way what grandma has done and why she can't see her. Grandma had lied about daddy and grandma made daddy and Mummy sad. My daughter doesn't really get it, but she's okay with not seeing grandma. Two, the police showed up. They were doing a wellness check because apparently no one has heard from me in a while. Then one of them had the brightest question and asked me why I haven't called my mother recently. She's worried about me. I haven't called my mother recently because you know, she's telling everybody and their goddamn mama that my husband pushed me down the freaking stairs. Then a few days after they showed up again, but this time with the activation that my husband is abusing us. To be honest, I snapped. Nothing but angry tears and angry swearing came out of me. I was just so tired. I just wanted to be left alone with my family. Three, I decided to make an internet post telling people that I'm tired of them. Family, friends, flying monkeys. Harassing my family, attacking my husband, and believing my mother's stupid lies. I get it, they're worried about me and I'm fine with that, but I don't appreciate that they believe my mother and refuse to even listen to me. I just wanted them to stop they didn't stop though they got worse however an hour after i made a post my grandfather came to talk to me he told me that he knows his daughter is crazy and he would do anything in his power to make this better i don't know exactly what he did but the mob has stopped you all don't know how relieved I am. They're still trying to contact me just to talk and have a meeting with me, but now I can cut on my phone without it blowing up with messages. Now, to the reason why I'm making an update, the Wicked Witch of the East finally made an appearance. I've been stuck in this house since I broke my leg. I've been getting tired of being here, so I asked my brother and sister-in-law, they've been taking care of me when my husband goes to work, to take me out. They were hesitant at first, but eventually they popped me and my daughter into the van and we surprised my husband at work with food. The incident with my husband husband's car made us realize that our house wasn't safe, so we invested in security. As I was eating tacos with my family, I got a notification for my security. And what do you know? It was my mum. I've been ignoring her calls and text messages. And that's a new deadly sin, apparently. My mum started banging on the door with my little sister, screaming that she knows I'm in there. And that monster, my husband, is trying to take me and her grandbaby away. We were watching my mum throw a tantrum at the front door for a good solid minute because it was funny. But when my sister was ready to throw a rock through our window to get inside, that's when we decided to address them. We told them to get off our property that I don't want to see my sister and especially not my mom and that's me talking not my husband My mom said i'm sorry, baby, please open the door I told her no not after everything she did She lied to everybody and told them that my husband pushed me down the stairs and my husband assaulted her unprompted My mother screamed that he did assault her and even had the audacity to try to hit her. I said, that's your fault. Don't blame my husband. What you said was disgusting. And if I was him, I would have slapped you too. My mother told me that I could not talk to her like that, that she is my mum and her DNA runs through my veins. I told her that my dad's DNA also runs through my veins as well. And his DNA in me wants to beat your face in with a sock full of pennies. That caused my mum to go into a frenzy. So we called the cops and told them that there were two people at our house that we already told them to leave, but they refused. When police got there, they took my sister and my mum to talk with them for a little bit. And then one cop came up to the house to try to talk to us. We talked to him through the security camera and explained that we don't know these people. Yeah, a little white lie. No matter how much they claim to be my mother and sister, we don't know them. They're strangers. Eventually, they left and we waited for a while to go back home, just in case my family was secretly waiting for me in the shadows or something. My mum did try to go on another social media rant saying, oh, my husband is keeping me captive and stuff, but luckily my grandfather shut that down. And finally, just a few days ago, Opie posted another update of their mum actually coming back to the house. I was asleep when it happened, but my husband, my brother-in-laws, my sister-in-law and the security camera explained it to me. My in-laws were on the porch when my mum pulled up. She just wanted to see me and make sure that I was alive. My brother-in-law's and sister-in-law didn't let her in the house and threatened to call the police. Mum accused them of helping my husband abuse my daughter and me. My husband came out and started arguing with my mum as well. She kept calling him the usual. Rapist, abuser, Nazi. Well, hey, at least that one was new. While everyone was distracted, one of my brother-in-laws went inside the house, went through the back door, went around the house... Grabbed the garden hose, dragged that to the front, and then proceeded to spray my mother down with the garden hose. My mom tries to get away, but she kept slipping on the grass. Then my brother-in-law passed the hose to my husband, who kept spraying her. He chased my mum with the hose right to her car and he didn't stop spraying i'm pretty sure he got water in the car He had the biggest smile during and after the hosing. I bet that felt good Now although that story was only posted by this user a few days ago Unbelievably they've actually posted another story about their entitled mum just a day later, which I don't know if I can say this It's actually potentially more crazy than the one I just read. So look, if you want me to cover that in tomorrow's episode, which I'm happy to do, we can go back to back in title parents. Just because that story is genuinely unbelievable. I've just had a look at the title and skimmed through it. It is mind-blowing. Then let's get some likes on this episode. 1,000 likes in 24 hours and I'll do it. That's not too many. If you want to see it tomorrow, let me know. As for the post we just looked at, I mean, wow, what a story. The best part about that, by a mile though, was your brother-in-law going around, getting the hose and just spraying the absolute, you know what, out of this woman. Finally, a little bit of justice. The stuff she's saying is truly horrific, you know. You can never paint someone out to be an abuser when they're not even close to being like that. I still don't 100% know why she doesn't like him in the first place. Maybe she wants to be more controlling and just have more of a say on your life. But I don't know. Like, surely you want your child to meet someone that they love and then have a great life with them, which it, this is what seems to be happening. Maybe it is the age thing. I don't know. Either way, getting hose, running back to your car, slipping over, that is some good stuff right there. My mother graffitied my father's grave to. Get- Get my attention. I'm freaking disgusted. After all the things my mum has done, this is the one that hurts the most. My parents were 15 when they had me. They got married and they lasted for five years because my father cheated. My mom tried everything in her power to get me to hate my dad. She told me that my daddy was a gangbanger. He sold drugs, dope. Helped his uncle run his brothel sometimes and was constantly in shootouts. Now this was all true, as my dad was more unfortunate than my mum's side of the family, so the streets were his life. Even though he was like that, I never stopped loving my dad. How can you love your father when he cheated on me and ruined our family? Was something I constantly heard in my childhood. I know cheating is wrong, but I honestly feel like my dad used cheating as an out to get away from my mum. I always loved my dad, and even though he never paid child support and was a gangbanger, he was my favourite parent, because from an early age, I knew my mum was freaking bat crazy. She was a spoiled brat then, and she's a spoiled brat now. My husband said my mum has a personality of someone who would falsely accuse someone of R when she can't get her way. And he's right. I hate my mother. She ruined my childhood. She ruined my wedding, but she never ruined the relationship I had with my dad. I remember the time I was six years old. My dad went to prison for the first time, and my mum threw a freaking celebration. Then she threw a funeral when he got out when I was 11. It repeats. He went to jail when I was 13. My mum threw a party, and then again another funeral when he got out when I was 15. He went to jail when I was 17 and got out some months later, and yet again my mum threw a party and then a funeral. I had my wedding when I was 18 and I invited my dad. I wanted him to walk me down the aisle, and my mum lost her head. That's a long story for another time. And that's when I told my dad to quit that life. I was pregnant, he was going to be a granddad, and I needed him. He promised me he would quit and he kept that promise. My dad was my everything. He was my daughter's best friend and he had a beer with my husband every Monday. Seven months ago, when I found out I was pregnant again, someone broke into my dad's house and killed him in his sleep. He was shot point blank in his face with no remorse. I was the one who found him he missed the date he had planned with my daughter and he wasn't answering his phone so i went to go check on him i would never forget the image of my father lying in his bed his brain and blood spattered on the wall at his actual funeral this time my mother was in the back in all black crying like she gave a dang and when we were alone she looked me dead in the eye and told me that she's happy that racist slur for black people racist slur for mexican people he was half black and half mexican was finally in hell Let's just say I didn't leave that church without some of her hair in my hand and after all of that after all of freaking that my stupid ass Let my psychopathic ass freaking idiot of a butt mother back in my life because my stupid freaking hormonal ass wanted a freaking parents i wish i could go back in time and kick my stupid butt in the chest and for those people who didn't read my post or watch the video i uploaded yesterday again you need to go back and listen to that before you watch this one or at least do it right now once again it's behind the i button linked first in the description it is incredible op continues You read that? You read how much of a freaking mistake that was? Yeah, I know. And I don't know how to freaking explain why I let her back in when I have my freaking in-laws. Now, my mum didn't show up yesterday. I was surprised she didn't, but I should have known she was up to something. Every Saturday, we visit my dad's grave just to talk. We bring him flowers, and as I know my dad burnt a lot of bridges, I'm one of the few family members who will still do that for him. I missed a few weeks due to what happened in my latest post So I was ready to explode at how his freaking ex is a lunatic My daughter was so excited just to talk to grandpa because she hadn't talked to him in a few weeks I was in my wheelchair being pushed by my husband while my daughter was on my lap We were excited But my mum couldn't handle the fact that I was ignoring her on purpose So she freaking wrote i'm sorry addison on his freaking tombstone she also smashes pictures and things that i left out for him like candles and some of his cars from his collection how do i know that my mom did it because i took a picture of it and i asked why she did this and her freaking reply was that was the only way i know how to get you to respond to me by disrespecting my dad's grave i stopped crying now the tears are gone now. I'm so ready to curve stomp her It feels like I found my dad's body all over again So we're waiting for the cops because apparently according to google that's illegal i'll update afterwards and here's the update immediately My mum has been arrested according to my stepdad. Yes, she is married She's on her third marriage and that stupid idiot thinks she has the right to tell me how to live mine She punched a cop and clawed another in the face. I'll update you all tomorrow. I'm about to go take a nap I swear to god if I wasn't pregnant right now, I would be so drunk and there we go Honestly, I didn't think that this update post could be worse than what I read yesterday But graffitiing a dead man's grave. Are you serious? That is next level at this point op You have to cut ties that like, she's been arrested now. Finally, you don't want this woman in your life anymore That's clear to see like, what is wrong with her some of the stuff she did in yesterday's video was bad this It's just ridiculous parents made every single birthday about my sister for the last eight years I recently saw a similar story read online and realized I just had to tell my own This will be my one and only reddit post and i'm posting it because I thought telling it would help me feel a little better I've been to some counseling and talking about this in particular really helped So I thought why not just tell it online too? So I am I am 18 this year and fairly recently on my own from my parents I have a sister about 10 years younger than me. She was an unplanned pregnant. Pregnancy and nearly didn't make it to term I don't know many of the details of how rough my mother's second pregnancy were since I was never told much But I do know that it was so hard on her body that my mother could no longer have kids after my sister was born She was in and out of the hospital repeatedly that year. My mother almost didn't survive the birth either It made her and my father latch onto my little sister because potentially she could have never been born Now ever since then I felt like I was just the other kid in the house Except for when they needed me as a free babysitter the level of favoritism my parents showed long term has me believing They were genuinely sick in the head for not noticing exactly what it was doing to me And now it's rebounding on them, which i'll explain here starting with my 11th birthday My parents wanted me to let my sister blow out my candles because she was two years old and cried at the sight of a birthday cake That wasn't hers. I didn't want to do it, but my parents forced me into it They relit the candles for me to do it again after her. But the moment felt completely ruined. The same thing happened the next year and the year after that and so on and so forth. They just kept forcing it until it became the norm. My sister had to have presents on my birthdays as well. I never got any on hers either. And when I asked why, they just told me that I'm a boy and boys don't need to worry about it as much. I know I was a kid, but did they really think that was a smart thing to say not really and my parents would always choose a place My sister would like to be at more than me on my own birthday Eventually, it became more like my sister was getting two birthdays a year and I got none beyond this my parents made their entire lives revolve around my sister if there's something i wanted to do my sister had to want to do it too otherwise it was vetoed unless i could do it alone i learned to just lock myself in my room with my video games because they didn't seem to bother me there unless my sister wanted to come running in to annoy me hence why i put a lock on the door my parents wanted me to remove it but i freaked out because i was an angry teenager who was tired of being intruded on at any given time my sister came running in more than once when i had no clothes on and my parents were up upset at me for being naked in my own room. When I pointed out just how ludicrous that was, they withdrew their objection and just let me keep the lock. My sister developed quite the princess complex because of how she was being spoiled on a daily basis, and she was very demanding. So I stayed away from her as much as I feasibly could, whatever excuse I could use to not have to deal with her. Even if I had to make stuff up just to have time to myself. My parents hired a teen girl babysitter, and I got more personal time. And then the babysitter quit because my sister wouldn't listen to her, and my parents tried to keep from paying by saying she was doing a bad job. The girl got some other people involved and my parents finally paid her what they owed her. Then they hired another girl to babysit on the regular and this one stayed but my parents still made it clear that I was to be watching my sister any day I had free which I went out of my way to make busy at my part-time job if I could. My sister treated me as her personal butler and ordered me around. She even had a stupid nickname for me she wouldn't stop using. Just hearing that nickname makes my blood boil and if I didn't give her everything she wanted she'd cry and call our parents and then I'd be in trouble for mistreating her. We had many massive arguments because of this and after I refused to yield anymore, my relationship with my parents devolved into barely any words spoken between us for some time. And yet, during my high school graduation, they had the nerve to brag to other parents that they were the reason I worked so hard. Well, they weren't wrong, but the reason they were thinking of was not the one that actually happened. I worked hard, just biding my time for when I'd be free. But my parents acted like they'd done so much. Maybe they did before my sister was born, but afterwards, it was all about her. They didn't even ask me about school until parent teacher conferences came up i graduated with a b and c average and after my graduation my parents just took me to some place where my sister would always have more fun than me even though the trip was supposed to be for me on my 18th birthday in july though things really boiled to the surface even though it was my 18th it didn't feel like it was about me at all i hoped to god that we were going to my favorite restaurant for once but no they had the party at the local knockoff chuck e cheese which is the only place like it nearby to us so it was the de facto celebratory destination whenever anything big was achieved including my high school graduation i did say it was a place my sister would enjoy more than me i was surrounded by kids half my age having parties and i was so bored with nothing to do but eat mediocre pizza and play claw machines and dated arcade games for tickets to cheaply made prizes that brought me no joy then when it was time for cake my parents came out with one that was pink with white flowers on it Sure, it had my name on, but it was very obviously not a boy's cake. And there were only 10 candles. My parents lit the candles and set it right in front of my sister to blow out. That is when it finally happened. I just had this mental moment of all this pent-up hate mentally flashing before me. And then I just started ugly crying. Me. Me an 18 year old boy crying in front of the whole family everyone was so shocked that time seemed to just freeze i got up and all of the stuff i had been holding in for the past eight years just spilled out like word vomit the entire family got to be witness to this event and when it was finally over i just walked outside to sit by the family car several relatives trailed out after me to say they were sorry and that they didn't know about the pink cake because my parents kept it covered until it was served i said it didn't matter that they didn't know they all sat back and watched as my life was taken over by little miss sunshine for the past eight years i had no real birthdays or celebrations of my own they were all about her and then On the biggest birthday of my life, they all expected me to just smile and nod like always while they handed my sister a cake that was entirely meant for her when it wasn't even her birthday. Some of them started giving me apologies, but they made the excuse that all this time they just thought I was okay with it because my parents said I was. I told them I was never okay with it and my parents forced it on me every year till I just pretended to accept it. I spread my arms out and said to look where we were. Does it look like the place I wanted to celebrate my graduation and 18th birthday No one even tried to stick up for me all this time. I'm just the other kid while my sister gets everything I didn't even get to have any of my friends there because my parents stopped letting me invite them long ago After they tried to voice their opinions over my sister getting to blow out my candles There are 365 days in a year and was it so bad to want one that was about me and not her? Instead i'm treated like the greedy entitled brat for wanting my own birthday then i just went back to ugly crying my father came outside by that point to yell at me for making such a huge scene because my mother was crying too my sister was upset because i ruined her moment and now everybody in there who saw thinks they're bad parents i ended up yelling at him that they are bad parents and he should know exactly why well after i said that the rest of the family descended on him like a pack of wolves better late than never, I suppose, but I'd never seen anything like it before. My father was practically backed right up to the restaurant front door, and then most of the crowd flooded back inside with him to have it out with my mother too. My grandparents stayed with me, and apologized for having their eyes shut so tight for so long. I don't know what was said to my parents in the restaurant, but it was roughly a half hour before they came back out. And, when they did, they looked incredibly defeated. My mother was still sniffing after crying so hard, and neither of my parents could look me in the eyes. They both apologize for what they did and then offered to redo the party elsewhere but that wasn't really enough for the crowd one of my uncles ahemmed rather loudly and my parents said they'd never make me let my sister blow up my candles again or give her presents on my birthday or make any part of it about her there was another ahem and my parents also apologized for getting a cake that was obviously not even meant for me and that they just felt like i wasn't worried about cake anymore at my age Oh boy, was that the wrong thing to say I became furious all over again and yelled at them that my age was irrelevant They'd literally given my birthday to my sister and had no good reason as to why and they knew it Then I said there was no point in redoing the party because it's too dang late They clearly showed that I mean nothing to them. They ruined eight years of my life till I became an adult What future birthdays with them could I possibly look forward to? Well, my father started to get angry at me for saying that but when the entire family yelled at him, he shut up my grandfather told him i'm exactly right and there is no possible way they can undo the damage done now he said my parents were awful people played favorites and treated me like a black sheep ever since my sister was born and what's more they were all awful themselves because they just let it happen too and i'm owed far more than an apology i was owed my life back and there we go another incredible story i, mean, I don't know what it is today in the last couple of episodes with these stories just being so deep and lasting so long i thought the previous one was bad i mean that lasted a long time but this one Eight years of just pure negligence and not even feeling like your own parents even know you exist I don't know what mental effect that would have on someone But fair play op for keeping on keeping on because that is ridiculous again My mother broke down again and tried to come closer to me while crying my name and apologizing But I refused to let her anywhere near me and half the family body blocked her from getting close I just said I couldn't take this anymore and started to walk away One of my aunts chased me down and brought me back. I could hear multiple family members yelling and cussing at my parents over what happened. But I was so upset, I couldn't even feel happy for any bit of justice after all this time. Also, where was my sister when this was all going on? Well, she was still in the restaurant all by herself, eating cake and ripping open presents that were there for me. And if anyone was wondering, yes, my parents served us some cake, after i cried and walked out you think doing that wouldn't be their primary focus in the moment but they were called out on it later my grandparents got me to calm down and sit in their old minivan while everyone else cleared out the party my sister threw a huge tantrum after being caught opening my presents one of which was a brand new smartphone that she threw against the wall and broke because she wasn't allowed to keep it She literally just got a brand new phone on her own birthday a few months earlier I ended up being so upset that I was ranting that I never wanted to celebrate my birthday again And my grandparents let me stay the night over at their house when I came home I still didn't speak to my parents My mother just kept crying because I wouldn't talk to her and my father was as closed mouthed as me the following weekend, my grandparents convinced me to go with them out to dinner, and when we got there, I was surprised to find a whole new party waiting for me. My parents were there, and they kept up with having the don't hate us smiles on their faces almost the entire time. There was a big chocolate cake with 18 candles on it, and there was even a banner with my name. They called it my happy belated birthday graduation party because I didn't really get either this year. I did kind of have to pretend to be happy. One good party though doesn't undo 8 years of favoritism or even make a dent in it really. And when my sister she was sitting at the table with her arms folded and her lip curled because it wasn't all about her like it used to be and rather than sing happy birthday for me they just sang an altered version called Happy day. Then, as soon as I blew out the candles, my sister screamed. I mean, an ear bleedingly loud little girl scream. My parents had to rush her out and then bring her back in later, looking more upset than ever. She quietly pouted in her seat for the rest of the party. I did still get a new smartphone as well, and my sister got hers taken away, among other things for what she did at the prior party. But the smartphone wasn't all the whole family had chipped in and gotten me a car it was just an old white volvo but i loved it the moment i laid eyes on it my grandfather knows a thing or two about cars and fixed up himself I was so happy, but my sister clearly was not because she let out another one of those screams. She started having a massive tantrum and demanding a car too. Sorry, she's eight years old and she's demanding a car. How does that make any sense? My mother had to take her into the bathroom and they didn't come back out for a while. My father just went back to looking defeated. My sister had effectively ruined their attempt at trying to look good in front of the whole family. Multiple family members also had strong words to my parents that my sister was acting that way because they raised her to be a princess spoiled brat. I obviously started driving the car around right away but only days later my sister actually vandalized the car by taking a hammer and breaking two of the side windows and cracking the windshield to the point the car was undrivable. my parents managed to stop her before she did any more damage but she screamed bloody murder when they grabbed her and took the hammer away then tried to bite them oh everyone was furious with my sister especially my grandparents because my grandfather had put so much work into that car and my sister ruined it while having a massive tantrum my parents had spoiled my sister so badly that she couldn't mentally comprehend that i could have something she couldn't and several other family members laid into my parents about how they were setting my sister up for failure by making her an entitled brat that expects the world to be given to her she's going to have a terrible adult life because they won't put their feet down and teach her some respect. Well, her actions didn't go unpunished. My sister was grounded for the rest of the summer and effective of the new school year was sent to boarding school. My mother cried like a baby about it too, but my father had to be adamant that it was the only way to start undoing the damage they'd done. Yes, they fully acknowledged that they are at fault. It was kind of hard for them not to since no one sided with them at all. My sister is absolutely miserable at that school. She hates the clothes, the rules, and she's been lying almost constantly but with cameras almost everywhere now, she's not getting away with any of it. Our parents tried to visit her a few times, but she just screamed at them for putting her in that place. From what I hear, this may be her school life until she's 18 years old. My parents did pay to fix my car. They had an auto glass company replace the windows and windshield, and it looks just as it did before. In August, my grandfather came to me and said if I was interested, he found me a job working for a friend but it was 40 miles away. So I'd need to move out of my parents' house unless I wanted that commute. I was all for moving. Finding a first apartment wasn't so easy though. I had to get approved for a credit card just to get accepted for a studio, but I got it and I've been living where I am now since September. My parents keep trying to contact me, but I rarely speak to them. Anytime we do speak, I just feel awkward and uncomfortable. My grandfather has suggested that they simply don't want to acknowledge how badly they failed as parents, and trying to get me to forgive them will make them feel better about themselves, or something like that. But I'm not going to forgive, not anytime soon. I'm finally happy and away from them. Now they've got nothing. They don't have me, they don't have my sister, and my parents had to take more hours at work because boarding school for my sister is not cheap. Nor can I imagine was the path they had to throw for me, or the repairs to my car. Empty house, angry relatives, and the only thing they have left is their work feels like incredible misery to me and I don't take delight in it. But it is the result of their own actions after all and there we are that is the end of that truly tragic tale You know, what's so sad is that I actually don't think they've learned even after all of this I think as you say op it's all for show ultimately whatever they do can never really, you know Help you accept all those years of hurt that you went through of just being ostracized and completely ignored in place of your sister But still they're not even doing enough now to even you know show that much of an apology I don't really feel good on you for getting away from these people at last because these are barely even your parents. I don't understand why your sister has been so much more heavily favored than you. I can't quite work it out. Maybe it is the way that she came into this world and how scary that must have been and how thankful your parents were that she made it. But that's not important. Well, I mean, at the time it is, don't get me wrong. But now it's not. You have two children, but you act as if you only have one. And the truth is, it's not even gonna benefit. As your grandparents are saying, it's not even gonna benefit your younger sister in the long run because as you can see she's just becoming a horrible horrible young lady right that's what's gonna happen she has to be taught at some point thank god that she's gone to boarding school and and even though she hates it right now eventually she will understand how important it was for her life terrible parents also your family are pretty terrible for not getting in the mixer earlier and noticing what was going on overall very sad story at least the ending is positive though my entitled and now psychopathic father and his even more deranged wife my stepmother demand to know where i live now that i've moved out from home Home. As the title suggests, my mum and dad are divorced since I was four and my sister was six, and we're 18 and 20 now. It was simply the way life was, split Christmas and alternating weekends. Over time, me, and to a lesser extent my sister, wanted to spend less and less time with our dad and his new girlfriend, the woman my father had a year-long affair with when I was three that ultimately led to the divorce. It got to the point that the little time we would spend with our dad, I hated more and more. We'd often fight and would be ended by my dad and his girlfriend ganging up on me and saying, It's two against one you lose bearing in mind I was between seven and ten years old when this was a thing when I was around 10 I may have been as old as 11. I started refusing to go I simply wouldn't leave the house to go to my dad So I remained and my sister who was as old as 13 went still apparently They told my mum via text that she'd raised a nasty little fat ugly arsler word idiots the arsler word part was because of a recent autism diagnosis that my dad had decided was entirely mine and my mum's fault Fast forward about two years and we are now at a point where me and my sister no longer spend the night at my dad's Since I refuse to go consistently and freak my sister out by telling everyone I was going to take my pocket money and buy a train ticket home This is all in the confines of london. So trains everywhere are 24 7 pretty much But it's also not the safest at night, especially for a 12 year old alone so, my mum fought with my dad over this, and we never spent nights again, at the genuine risk that I would run away, even though my dad refused to acknowledge that. But he agreed, following some comments targeted at me over text, since I now had a phone so he could say them to me personally, once again calling me fat, short, ugly, and that R word, among other things such as infantile. I was 12 and a genuine disappointment of a child's. By this point, I wanted not to go to my dad's at all, and I wouldn't have were it not mandated by the divorce agreements that my dad would not yield any further until I personally decided at 14, about 18 months from this point. There are plenty more stories and behaviors regarding my dad and his new wife that aren't relevant to this, but I'm happy to talk more about them depending on how much interest this gets up. The situation referenced in the title is regarding my move to university accommodation from my home with my mother. For some extra context, I'd scarcely spoken to my father's side of the family whatsoever, apart from when I was required to visit, and my dad's right-wing extremist parents would visit too, as such a wonderful surprise. Now I've not visited since 2017 and contact by me has been almost nothing. Entirely my choice to not visit, but I did have to maintain some kind of communication with him until I was 18 and he no longer paid any money to my mom to fund me. Once I turned 18, it was lights out for the relationship. My dad and stepmum blocked on everything and their numbers deleted. Six months later, my dad was made aware accidentally by my sister that I was moving away, but I didn't allow her to say where all possible avenues of communication were exhausted by him, including hijacking my chess.com account from years ago, which he somehow remembered the login for and added himself as a friend on my account to message me and try and find out where I lived, including hanging around my mum's house and most recently harassing my sister too, messaging and turning up to her own university halls to get it out of her. She still reluctantly refused. He's since threatened members of my mum's extended family on Facebook to find out where I am claiming he has a right to know where I am and I feel so guilty and responsible. I want nothing more than to be freed of the pair of them. The stepmother is worse by a large margin. My sister has elected to keep up our relationship with the pair of them and that is her choice. She was always the favorite of theirs or at least not called slurs by them. I can't help but sometimes feel I'm in the wrong for refusing to make amends and spend the time with him that he believes he has the right to. I tell you what, um, going on your chess.com account, hacking into your chess account and messaging and adding yourself. That is an is, I've never heard of that. And I have a chess.com account. So that is troubled me to my very core. Can you imagine that? Someone going on your account that you play a game on, adding you and then messaging you, not for a little classical game of chess, but no. Um, By the way, where do you live? Where are you? Very, very odd. I mean, it's pretty obvious from a very early age, it had nothing to do with these guys. And I can't blame you for a second. Like it doesn't even matter that this is your dad. If you hate him and you hate being around him and his new girlfriend, Then, you know, I know that like legally you are, you have to because of that's how divorces work and there was some sort of agreement there, but it's really unfair on you because this person is just so horrible. It's just very unlucky that this guy happens to be your dad. The slurs, wow. You have autism and he's calling you the R word, your own dad. That, That has just blown my mind, ridiculous. Entitled parent at the playground. I was at the playground with my kids, spelling out my son's name with him using the tan bark off the ground. We were working on the small retaining wall on the outskirts of the playground, Far from other people not in the middle of the playset set or anything we got through his first name and we're working on the second when a little kid comes by driving his toy truck through the letters i gave him a smile and asked him not to drive here he walked away fine and i resume working with my son the kid comes our way again so i put my arm across the space to give a visual barrier and asked him to turn the truck around and drive back the other way all smiles. The kid was fine doing his requested. Then a few minutes later, he comes back with a second little kid and his dad following along as well. The same thing happens except when he gets to my arm, the barrier in his path, and I ask him to turn and drive the other way. He ignores my request and instead smashes the truck into the middle of where we're working. I gently but quickly moved his arm away and moved in front of him while telling him, please don't drive your truck here. We're working on something and you're being rude. The dad explodes. You watch your language. How dare you talk to a child like that? You watch your freaking language. Surprised and starting to shake because this dad is apparently a crazy man, I try to assume the best and say, oh, I was just asking him not to drive here because I'm helping my son write his name with the wood chips. But he doesn't know any better. He's two. He doesn't know what he's doing. Very confused and unsure of what we're supposed to do at this point, I say, oh, I think he does know. He listened when I asked him before. The guy gets in my face and bellows you watch your freaking language there are children at this park you need to watch your language genuinely terrified and confused i take my now crying son and we leave the park only after leaving did i think that calling the police would have been an appropriate course of action entitled parents more like ironic parents am i right given how much this dad was screaming at you swearing telling you not to swear let allow it's not that wasn't funny but just allow me okay It's a good story. I enjoyed it. What do you think happened here guys? That's my question to you Do you think that the kid went over told the dad what was going on and he was like, you know what? No, we're not having this We're gonna go back over and destroy that guy's first and second name because it seemed like the kid was all right with it At first, but no a two-year-old actually can't follow instructions at all apparently what a load of bull Halloween tradition ruined by an entitled parent and their entitled kid This happened over 10 years ago So some of the dialogue may not be word for word But it was the actions that are key to the story Me and my wife don't have any children We weren't able to have any due to health reasons But we used to live in a suburb which had many families with small children What we do each year is go all out on Halloween for the local children It's a way we give back to our community and have fun while doing it We probably have enough Halloween decorations and animatronics to supply a couple of haunted houses with stuff left over. So we try to do something different every year for the kids and dress up to hand out candy. It's our favorite holiday. Each year, we would divide the decorations. In the backyard, we had strobes, scary music, fog machines, several animatronics, and it was pretty cool, but intimidating to some of the smaller children. Some kids would cry out of fear if their parents suggested going through the backyard to get candy. In the front yard, we had some more tame decorations and my wife was dressed up handing out candy. In the backyard, I had a huge candy dish set up, but I was hidden out of sight controlling some of the effects and animatronics. This year, we had 20 pounds of candy, four to five pound bags, split between the front yard and the backyard. After the first year of setting up the elaborate displays, our house became the must-see attraction on Halloween. And we learned very quickly that it's always better to have too much candy than too little. We would do something extra special for the kids that were first to show up. One year, it was king-size candy bars for the first 10 kids. Another year, we gave candy and $1 coins. This year, we were feeling generous. So we decided... $5 to the first 10 kids split between the front yard and back. My wife had five $5 bills she handed out, and I had five. I chose to lay out five regular sized candy bars with a $5 bill taped to each one, and then set them in front of the huge bowl of candy which had both £5 bags emptied into it. Now, I should point out that we never had any issues in previous years. I always used the honour system in the backyard, allowing the kids to get their own candy, and my wife would hand it out. The kids had a great time and were always respectful. We actually garnered a lot of Thanks from neighbours for going all out for the kids. The kids enjoyed it and would go out of their way to do nice things in return for us, such as shoveling our driveway, cutting our grass, etc. Okay, back to the story. This particular year it had gotten dark before the kids started trick or treating. So I took advantage of the darkness with some of the more stealthy animatronics, ones that moved but were hard to see because they weren't lighted, like snakes, spiders, and bats. From the sidewalk, kids that were not scared or wanted to be scared would walk down a small path around a few trees where I'd let the grass grow closer knee-high, which helped camouflage the strobe lights and fog machines. I would have a few small outdoor speakers playing some kind of creepy or scary sounds or music as the kids would walk down the path to a clearing in front of our shed where we had this huge creepy looking wicker chair with a motion-triggered zombie that sat in it. You would have to pass in front of the zombie to get to the table which had the candy and a sign stating that we used the honor system, please take one piece of candy. Well, the first kid showed up, a boy about eight or nine years old, his four or five-year-old sister with their mum. It was not uncommon for kids to be accompanied by their mum or dad if they dared to go into the backyard. Both kids took one look down the dark path and chose to go to the front yard for candy. This continued for about 10 minutes before a kid about 13 or 14 gathered up the courage to come through the backyard. Yes, I scared the heck out of him. But when he made it to the table, he just stood there. I wasn't sure if he was still shook up from the zombie jumping up because he just stood at the table for a moment, afraid to take any candy. This happens a lot too, because they think something will grab them if they touch the candy. One year, we used the candy bowl with the hidden hand that would do just that but not this year. I set down the controls and stepped out from the shadows, which scared him again. I was wearing a long black cloak and black gloves and skeleton face makeup to assure him that he could take one of the $5 candy bars. He grabbed it and ran quickly back up the path to what I guess were a younger brother who would receive candy from the front door. Me and my wife had a system to communicate when someone would take one of the $5 candy bars so that we could make sure no one would go to the backyard and then try to go to the front yard i flipped the lights on the corner of the house which she could see we had a sign along our wooden fence that pointed out that you could choose the scary path or the less frightening front door so parents didn't have to take small kids into the backyard and leave with them crying from being scared it was probably five minutes before two kids that looked about 10 or 12 years old came through the backyard together they walked slowly Teasing each other along the way jumping and screaming out of fear Occasionally when one of the bats or spiders or other animatronics activated by their proximity or motion They eventually made it to the candy table after screaming when the zombie lurched forward as they walked past it But each took five dollar bars This left me with two more to give out and then i'd be on the normal fun size halloween candy five pounds of snickers twix milky way three musketeers and hershey's the next group i could see were two smaller kids around three to five years old with an obese kid who looked 14 or 15 accompanied by the entitled mother of this story the two little ones made their way to the front porch after the older entitled kid motioned for them to go and get candy then the entitled mum and the entitled kid decided to walk down the path in the backyard together One of the first things I hear wasn't a startled scream, but the stuck-up female voice of the entitled mum. What a horrible waste of money. This is ridiculous. It was shrill and snide sounding. What she said angered me a bit, but I didn't want to ruin it for her kid, so I rushed to reset the zombie and take cover. Now, the entitled mum made sure she was speaking loudly enough so that anyone in the backyard could hear her. This isn't something for kids. This is sick. I assumed it was a front to make herself not sound scared I could see she had a death grip on her entitled kid's shoulder as they walked down the path They both screamed as one of the bats had swooped down at them They ran on a wire when triggered and one could come at you from the left and one from the right The entitled kid sounded like he was getting shook up pretty good because he was whining not saying anything Just this unsteady whine, which was odd for an older kid the entitled mum decided to chime in again quite angrily These people are sick. We do not need this in our neighborhood. Just plain sick It was quiet again until the entitled kid screamed again when he triggered one of the snakes in the grass I could hear him trying to fight back tears at this point like a bumbling whimpering cry, but they pressed on I'll take care of this. Just you watch said his mum. Now I was assuming that this was a parent that was trying to reassure their frightened kid although he was a teenager so I didn't think much about her comment at that moment. I was too busy thinking in my head where I would scare them. In retrospect, I wish I paid attention better and realized it was an entitled mum up to no good. I stood behind the shed, waiting silently for the zombie to trigger. When it was triggered, it lurched forward while making an angry moan. It should have happened within a minute of the snake. After a minute and a half, I peeked around the shed to see the entitled mum and the entitled kid waddling, their size prevented them from being able to run, towards the entrance. It only took me a second to notice they'd stolen all of the candy that was on the table and the two $5 candy bars i was fuming i started running after them i'm a tall guy and very fast on my feet i got about three good strides in before i tripped over wires what the heck i looked down and saw that the entitled mum had cut the wires on the animatronic bats when i looked up again i could see her gathering her two little ones and hurrying them to a car with the entitled kid i was seething at this point her car was parked in front of my next door neighbor's house I was at full speed as the car started and she stomped on the gas as I punched her passenger window where her fat entitled kid was holding the full candy bowl up with a huge grin on his tear streaked face. The window didn't break. It only made the entitled mum recklessly speed out of the parking spot with no regard for the kids that were trick-or-treating all over the neighborhood. Several parents and neighbors came up and asked me what was going on. I explained what they'd stolen. Thankfully, one of the parents had got the license plate number before she got off our streets. I was ticked, but I realized that we had other kids that wanted to visit. I closed the gate and explained to my wife what had happened We decided to split the front door candy so we could at least pass out candy in the backyard Allowing other kids to enjoy our horns when I went back there to fix what the entire time I'm a broken I realized that she'd cut power cords as well the freaking female dog I took the candy back to my wife at the front door, knowing it would take me a while to fix the damage. I quickly began making repairs and adjustments. About five minutes later, the police had shown up, thanks to a neighbor that had called them. They took a description of the car and plates while I filed a report about the incidents. By the time I'd finished with the police, the two-hour trick or treating had ended. My wife had about half a bowl of candy left and said she might have seen about 100 kids i'd seen three and two thieves who ruined the rest of the night for other children that wanted to attend we'd considered holding over for another night and allowing kids to come again but unfortunately the weather had got cold and very rainy which plays heck on our animatronics it was a few days before the cops had located the entitled mum. she lived almost 30 miles away and brought her kids to my neighborhood because they had heard the rumors about our mini haunts she and her son were charged with destruction of property vandalism and criminal mischief Apparently, several cops' kids were supposed to attend, but never got the chance after this entitled pair, which angered several officers. The entitled kid was charged as a minor. The police also recommended I file a lawsuit in civil court for the damages, which I gladly did. So, the fallout. In court, the entitled mum and her entitled kid tried to claim that I was bringing Satanism into the community, a community she didn't live in, and that she felt that she had to do something. They were as snide as ever in court. The entitled mum was found guilty of destruction of property and vandalism, but not criminal mischief. She got six months in county jail. The entitled kid was removed from her home and spent the next two years in juvenile detention. Apparently, this was not the first time he'd been in trouble. The court never elaborated on his previous crimes due to him being a minor. As for the civil lawsuit, I won and she was ordered to pay me $4,000 in damages plus another $6,000 in lawyer fees. The neighbor across the street is an attorney and represented me. We continued our haunts for two more years until we moved out to the rural area we live in now. We don't get trick-or-treating kids because the nearest house to ours is about a quarter mile away. I don't know about you guys, but when I come across stories like the one I just read on our slash entitled parents And it's so clear that opie and his wife have put so much effort in only for the whole thing to be ruined by an entitled parent It makes it even worse than if they put no effort in at all Like yeah encountering a random entitled parent out in the wild and then doing something stupid is very annoying But when you put this much effort into something that brings people so much joy and then it's spoiled by an entitled parent That is so much worse I don't even understand what their motive was if they're coming all this way 30 miles to see your house Was the whole plan just to ruin everything like I don't get it Why is it that someone always has to ruin something that other people love so much? The amazing thing is that at least the cops kids were gonna go and see it So therefore the cops had a great incentive of actually tracking down this entitled mum and her entitled kid and making sure they saw some justice Entitled mum tries to get me and my co-workers fired after we scare her kids at a haunted house When I was in high school, I used to volunteer at my local haunted house during the halloween season as a volunteer I would be dressed up in accordance to the theme of the house inside some It's a very popular haunted house and we usually sell our tickets very fast on the website to buy tickets It clearly states this isn't for children. We don't hold back at all while it's a no-touch haunted house We do everything in our power to spook you inserting ourselves in the group Zoning in on people who look scared to scare them more following people, etc So during this specific year, it was an insane asylum theme and I was dressed as a gory escaped patient My job was to hide in the woods along this pathway and scream and then run from the woods into groups to scare them There were three other people in the woods with me to scare people We were the first scare you encountered in this setup So here we are hiding behind trees and one group starts to walk into our scare zone We start to make noise whisper loudly and dash around in the woods to get people on edge After they pass about 15 feet in front of us We'll dash out surrounding the group with fake knives and weapons We looked pretty horrific, to be honest. None of us scope out groups before they walk through. We're not really focused on who is in the groups. However, there are kids in this group, and they start screaming, bloody murder. We scared the fluff right out of them. Their mum starts to scream at us and berate us for scaring her kids. We all just stare at them half staying in character and half confused. It's a haunted house. What did you expect? They eventually move on and we go back to spooking people later on in the night when we finish We're all coming back to the changing rooms. They have set up for us So we don't need to drive home looking like we've murdered people The mum comes charging at us screaming about how her kids won't sleep for weeks and we should be ashamed of ourselves And how she's going to get us fired for scaring her kids She goes to our boss and explains everything that happened how we scared her kids and that she wants us fired for scaring her kids so bad i want them fired they scared my kids so badly what were you thinking having this type of stuff at a family event what do you mean what was i thinking it states on the website and everywhere before you enter that this is a haunted house our job is to scare the fluff out of you it says on the website that it's not recommended for under 13s because we scare people. Well, how was I to know it would scare my kids? Since the event is run by the town, I thought it would be like a kid's haunted house. I'm gonna speak to the mayor of this town and have this shut down. I'm friends with the mayor. He'll stop this awful haunted house. Mom, if you want to speak to the mayor, you'll need to wait a few minutes. He was the insane surgeon in the haunted house and he's washing off the blood from his costume. The entitled mom sighs angrily and walks away waiting for the mayor. Apparently, the mayor was understanding but couldn't do anything because it's a haunted house. What does she expect? The haunted house is still running to this day, so I guess her shutting us down didn't work. All right, well, that is good news. And at least the boss and the mayor didn't crumble to this entitled woman and give in to her demands. Because goodness me, if they had, wow, they would have gone down massively in my respect. As to people the thing is I just don't understand it guys like why if you're going to go to somewhere that you know Is going to be scary surely you would like read through the website or some sort of documentation Or at least understand exactly what's going to happen to you and your kids in that moment as much as you can Anyway, if you have kids that are roughly around the age that they're saying, okay This is for kids that are over this age ask them Do you want to do this or are you going to be terrified? Like, do your research and then this wouldn't have happened. At the very least, you can't complain about being scared at a haunted house. Drama Goblin wants me to replace a gift I gave her that she ruined. I work in retail. I manage, but the job is still very physical and exhausting. My job is 50% work and 50% babysitting. Sometimes, because I'm there all the time, I find some sweet deals. I'm super into makeup, Halloween, creepy stuff, etc. I found a few Halloween palettes of makeup, some brushes, and some other really awesome Halloween makeup. It was marked down for $1 or under, so I grabbed everything they had. I figured I'd give them as Christmas gifts. I looked online, and these palettes were worth $30-40 dollars depending on the site, not to mention the other stuff now my husband and the drama goblin of this story's trapped husband are best friends she is originally a friend of my husband and mine from high school However, after about a decade and her still staying in her same mindset, we've drifted apart majorly. She is a monster goblin. I'm usually pretty low contact with her. She recently was diagnosed with seizures and swore this was a whole new leaf she was going to change for the better. A few days ago, her husband happened to come by right before I went to work and so I made a package to send her of one of all the different makeup and accessories that I got. I posted pics of a few of my makeup looks and she commented she wanted to play too. I sent a bag with her husband and told him to tell her I had some for myself and some for another of my friends that sometimes hangs out with the drama goblin and me though it's been three years it had been about four or five days last night she randomly messaged me maybe i'm taking this the wrong way but it went right through me she said that she'd given the makeup i gave her to her young daughters she said she just didn't think it would be nice enough for her after her daughters played with it she saw how pigmented it was and decided she did like it and tried to take it back Of course her daughter threw a fit and the makeup was ruined in the process she then complains that she'll never get to use it now she asked me if i've given my other friends hers yet i was like no because i've been kind of sick and quarantining since the day after her husband had been over she then has the audacity to ask if instead of giving it to my friend i can give it to her instead because it's not fair that her kids broke hers i was shocked How can a grown 35-year-old woman think that's reasonable? I just didn't even respond. She blew up my phone for about an hour or so after. I finally read the text this morning. It was a lot of, it's not fair. She won't even miss it. It's not my fault my daughter's busted it, etc, etc. I wanted to screenshot and send her own message to her, but I refrained. She didn't think she would like them, so she gave them to her daughters, gave them to two and four-year-old girls to play with. What did she think would happen? Now, don't get me wrong here. Nothing wrong with thinking that something you've received as a gift isn't going to be suitable for you. And then, you know, giving it to your children. That's absolutely fine. And if your children love it, then great. As we saw in this post, they seem to really enjoy the makeup. The problem comes, well, the two problems arise. Firstly, when you try and get that thing that you've given to your children back off them. I mean, in the history of parenting, has there ever been a good idea? And then secondly, mentally, when you go to the person who gave you the gift in the first place, tell them, yeah, I actually gave it to someone else, my kids, but I want another one from you. Because I've realized I now want it back because I realize now that I actually want it in the first place And my kids ruined the one that you gave me that I gave them. Uh, so give me another one Yeah, that is ludicrous. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this special Halloween episode of r slash Entitled Parents. If you've heard any background noise, maybe some kids shouting in the street, that is because it is Halloween right now, the time of recording. So obviously people are trick-or-treating. I hope you had a good one. If you do trick-or-treat, and if you don't, then why are you such a loser like me sitting inside? That's my question to you. I truly hate my family. My dad, he is a racist, homophobic, sexist, forced alpha that demands respect without giving any. He thinks it's okay to say the N word as long as it's not at a black person. He makes sexist jokes by the hour. He thinks trans people are just messed up in the head and everything LGBTQ is just the left indoctrination by the left. He constantly goes through my diary and my room to the point where I made a fake diary. I've set boundaries like saying, please do not go through my stuff without asking. And he said, it's my house. I will go through what I want. He also went through my trash like every time I threw something out He's so insecure about his masculinity that he gets offended by anything that sets his kids ahead of him My brother came out as gay and since my brother went to school All him and my mum have said is that my brother is obsessed with labeling himself He's also just gross to me and he never thinks before he speaks like I was in the hospital and he made a poop joke to the freaking doctor then proceeded to be confused why I was annoyed that he made a poop joke While the doctor talked about a possible life-threatening surgery. I might need he also just radiates anxiety 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 like I can't be in the same room as him sometimes because I start getting anxiety because of him And when I try and tell him to take a breath, i'm promptly told to shut up and that I need to relax my mum. Most of the time ironically, I enjoy my time with her But she is definitely a narcissist like she makes fun of me to try and get laughs out of the family And today when I suggested she doesn't make fun of her teenage daughter, she responded with Yep, because I'm definitely the cause of all your problems. Like, what? She also convinced me to switch therapist while I was in ED recovery because my therapist suggested that my parents might be the issue. She's homophobic, but not as bad as my dad. She's fine on her own, but when she gets with my dad, she is just as bad as him with the homophobia. She also likes to confide in Dr. Google and join a bunch of Facebook groups and then proceeds to act like she has a degree in the topic. She's also just gross, like she neglects to wash her hands after using the bathroom. And with my feeding tube, she thought it was unnecessary To change the bag that the tube feed was in she's also just so negative. It's always I can't do that You'd never be able to do that Like I said, wow, this is a lovely college campus and it seems really safe and she goes Yeah, other than that girl that got killed last year. Like what was the point? She also tells me too much like she's talked to me about her marriage issues Things my brother told her in secret and other things that you should not be talking to your kid about She also doesn't respect me in 2020 with my ed I asked her not to tell anyone and she told me she didn't Little did I know, she messaged many people and posted on Facebook these sympathy traps all about how I'm in the hospital, but I'm getting better, and it was such a close call. But when she's acting like a normal human, she is enjoyable to be around. My sister she is just a spoiled brat me and my brother turned out fine because we learned to separate ourselves from our parents but my sister has special needs and can't my sister walks over my parents like a carpet and when i don't let her do it to me my parents get mad at me she's 11 almost 12 and watched her ipad at full volume in restaurants Recently, she got mad and had a mini tantrum because the waitress only had ketchup in a bottle and not in those little cups She's also so loud and never shuts up like when she's not talking to someone she's talking to herself Normally, she's trash talking me to herself and I constantly have a headache But I can't tell her to be quiet or I get told to stop like today I just bought a mini blanket for myself and I didn't give it to her So she started to cry and called me mean the whole way home and when I told her to stop I got in trouble this is a regular occurrence my sister phoebe is a perfect example of bad parenting she's got no rules she eats pizza for breakfast lunch and dinner sadly i'm not even lying here she's spoiled and gets angry when my parents won't buy her toys that cost 500 dollars and she's just gross she found my dad laughs at her farts so she makes herself fart until she literally poos herself Wow, once I pointed out how it's not healthy to give her pizza and french fries for all three meals But my parents proceeded to lecture me on how raising a kid is hard and I have no place to judge them unless i've had a kid It doesn't take a genius to realize that you're gonna give her heart issues letting her eat like this I think the tomato sauce on the pizza is the only vegetable she eats a day and that is contentious and finally my brother I like him it's funny. He was suicidal and so depressed and a mess before he left the military school Only weekend visits with the family and ever since he got away He's been flourishing and I mean i'd never tell him but I really look up to him. Hang on a second OP. Sorry to interrupt guys. You gotta tell him this man is a legend one example is how we just moved and in our old house it was a closed floor plan and this is an open floor plan house and i pointed out how they set up the furniture in the living room for a closed floor plan so it really cut off the room and if they move some things around it would look a little better everyone got really offended that i suggested they change the floor plan i also have ocd and how they set up the floor plan really ticked my ocd off because it was bad later that night i was in my room and i overheard them talking and my mum goes normally she has a point but i just didn't want to justify it in the moment like really are you so insecure that you can't let your child have a good idea it's like treat me like a kid and expect me to act like a kid but don't expect me to act like an adult and treat me like a kid and there we go it's not often that we see serious like really serious posts on our slash entitled parents but i wanted to bring you this one it reminds me a little bit of insane parents just horrible stuff not even that funny there's not even any entertainment really to be gained from a story like this i just feel horrible for you op that your family are like this op has said in the comments that they are 15 so a minimum they've got three more years of this before they can do anything i guess just study hard so you can get into college and then get away from all these lot i don't know what else is there really to say guys any advice for op who remember is just 15 years old and dealing with all these people that are just horrible get it in the comments down below if you're on youtube and if you're not well, think about it in your own head entitled aunt thinks I worship the devil because I read wings of fire If you couldn't tell by my redditor name, just the dragon. I love dragons I know it may seem weird and childish for someone who's 16 years old But that's just the way I ended up. I guess i've recently discovered a series called wings of fire And it feels like it was made for me. I'd explain the plot and stuff But I don't want this post getting too long now my aunts. Oh boy Here in the uk karens are a rarity compared to what seems to go down in the us I agree with that by the way, but this lady takes all the checks overly controlling thinks the world revolves around her believes in stupid stuff She read on totally trustworthy websites owns annoying pets and refuses to teach them to behave and of course is christian Now i'm not saying you're not allowed to believe in jesus if you want to do that go ahead This lady just takes it to a whole new level she even has the stereotypical haircuts. She even almost killed me once, but that's a story for another day. Also, my parents don't like this woman as well, for all the reasons I do, but don't want to cut her out completely since they'd feel bad, and they feel she's bearable. Plus, her two offspring are surprisingly sane and nice people. Anyway, on to what happened. My aunt decided a few days ago She'd come around our house to just say hello and do the normal middle-aged mum thing of have a chat while their kids just wander around waiting to leave We were told she was coming in advance and of course my parents not wanting to come across as rude Let her it had been a while since i'd last seen her for obvious reasons and hadn't started my dumb obsession with wings of fire Back when i'd last seen her anyway So she comes in and says her usual greetings to my stepmom and dad and then comes and greets me in my room Playing games and just trying to not say the wrong thing Trust me the slightest thing can set off this woman I have the wings of fire book that i'm currently reading through moon rising on my table next to my games And it's literally one of the first things she sees obviously a book about dragons would have a dragon on the cover So she instantly puts two and two together and figures out the book is about those funny looking wing lizards Instantly she starts off saying stuff like you shouldn't be reading those evil books op and dragons are an embodiment of satan I will not have my nephew raised on satanic books because apparently in her totally believable book of biblical wisdom there was something about dragons and satan being connected that's the same book that said homosexuality was a sin just saying wanting to stop her to raid my stepmom and dad pull her out of my room apologized profusely for her and shut the door Thankfully, she's not dumb enough to try and come back in Though I can still hear her vaguely speaking in that hush shock tone of voice Judgmental people do when telling people how to raise their kids though. I can't make out what she's saying I end up laughing hysterically over her mini rants over how apparently a book series meant for 10 year olds is demonic and go back to playing my game Later on after she leaves she didn't even bother saying goodbye to me My dad and stepmom sit me down and have a chat about what she said to them Apparently she thought I was being brainwashed by the devil and being made to go down an evil path She literally straight up said the author of the wings of fire books worships the devil and drinks baby blood You can't make this up. Honestly, my stepmom and dad reassure me I'm not in any trouble and just wanted to share what the unhinged bs She had to share was because they knew i'd get a good laugh out of her and dang I did So here I am on reddit telling this story to you. I knew my aunt was crazy before but this is new levels What a squid brain now despite that post being pretty insane That's only the beginning because just a few days later op posted this update Alright, So remember my entitled aunt from my previous post if you don't or didn't see it She basically thinks a book about dragons stopping an ancient dragon on a murder spree is satanic and that it's brainwashing me I know pretty full-on enough But what happened to me a few hours ago was just so unhinged It's literally taken me until just now to comprehend what happened. Since the events of last story, my parents and I have basically gone no contact with my entitled aunt, which is a lot harder than it sounds, due to her offspring being genuinely nice people and not Christian nutbags like her. Nothing wrong with being Christian, it's when you start thinking anything with scales is the devil and must be killed at all costs. Then it's beyond too much. And we don't want to cut them out too. So anyway, on to this bat crazy story. I'm currently going to a type of school that isn't really a school per se. More of a know-how to act in the workplace and get insight on the job you want type place quite laid back and we do a lot of fun stuff there Normally, I would have picked up these skills earlier, but due to my autism, Asperger's, and major health problems that kept me off school for a couple of years, I'm fine now, don't worry. I never really got to pick those up. Basically, everyone in my family knows where I go, even my entitled aunt's side somehow, despite us never telling them. Most likely through relatives telling other relatives, I don't know. Anyway, this was the problem, knowing where I went to school. We finish our work early today, so we get 10 minutes to do whatever as long as it isn't disruptive or overly loud. School ends at 3pm, and it's 2.50 now. My a lot of people just go outside to smoke and wait for the day to be over but me being the nerd i am decide to have a quick read through the next chapter of my wings of fire book Moonwatcher has visions again kibli a witty giga chad and winter is just as insufferable as ever i finish up my chapter just as it turns 3 p.m and i go outside still holding my book in my arm my stepmom is waiting for me outside yes i still get picked up from school at 16 i live a solid few miles from my school don't judge she asked me how my day was the usual stuff we're about to get into the car when I hear a voice that just about makes me poo myself. It's my entitled aunt's voice. Stop! I turn around to see her walking towards me like she just came out of a freaking Jojo episode. I told you to not read those books. They're making you evil. Excuse me, but how in the world did you get here in the first place? I've been waiting for you for ages to come up with those nasty books so I can finally take them off you. I don't want your mind getting any more corrupted by Satanism than it already is. At this point, I just started hysterically laughing because it's been implied that she's been waiting outside for days now just to take my books. My stepmom loses it to her And tries to get her the frick away from me But my entitled aunt somehow manages to snatch the book off me while my guard is down Me and my stepmom immediately go to try and take it back But before we can she well you read the title she slams the book on the dirty pavement Keep in mind it had been raining picks it up again. Ooh and starts ripping it into pieces I pretend to be hysterical and crying because oh no, she's ruined my book If only I had a spare copy so I could continue. Oh wait, I totally have a spare copy Yep, by some miracle, Moon Rising is the one Wings of Fire book that I have a duplicate of due to a miscommunication with my uncle, who's really nice. But, and I mean this in the kindest way possible, a little thick. I don't tell her this, and my stepmom knows about my duplicate as well. She just glares at my aunt holding the soggy tattered book. You know I could call the police on you now for damaging personal property My aunt just now realizing the gravity of the situation and for some reason now holding holy totally not tap water throws the book on the ground eats the water at me and leg sits. We did try reporting this to the police, but they said there wasn't enough evidence sadly, and due to the area being quiet, no one managed to get it on film. Who knows if my tattered copy of Moon Rising still lays on that pavement right now. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. I'm just done with this lady. She gets more and more cuckoo by the day. I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up in a mental asylum by the end of the year, the rate she's going. And then one final quick update. So I woke up today to the news that Karen herself had been investigated by the police anyway, despite them saying there wasn't evidence. And apparently when the police arrived she legged it police being police caught her and she's currently under investigation for a whole myriad of charges I hope that female dog ends up serving some jail time. All right. What would you even do in this situation? That's so weird. What's she doing picture the scene? She has just got her nephew's book ripped it out of his grasp and chucked it Onto the pavement where it's raining and then ripped it up screaming about the devil and satanism What point of your life have you got to be at to even do one of those things? Let alone all this stuff like it's just ridiculous if anything if i'm uop in that situation I'm looking at her and i'm just feeling sorry for her because put yourself in her shoes What sort of point in your life must you be in at that stage? It's just sad if anything. I mean that all just start laughing like you did like it's just so weird It's so baffling. Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting that her kids are normal and she is this screwed up I know you're saying a lot about religion And that sort of stuff, but ultimately, she's just a weird individual. Simple as that. My son stole his dead mother's ring for his girlfriend, and now he won't talk to me after making him return it. To say I was mad as heck would be an understatement. I am a 46 year old man, and I have a son, Jake, who is 23. Jake was a good kid growing up, so him doing this was a complete shock to me. I have a daughter too, Amber, who is 16. When my wife passed away from COVID nearly two years ago, she already had a will in place. She was immunocompromised due to a prior condition she was diagnosed with a decade before she passed, and she made sure she had a will set just in case anything happened to her. And in said will, she divided her assets between our children. Jake got his cut as he was already 21. He used that money to put a down payment on a condo, and he also got his mother's car but the will stated that my daughter was to get all of my wife's jewelry. That included a vintage gold ring with a diamond that had a light blue sapphire on each side of it. That ring has been passed down for generations in my wife's family. It was originally her grandmother's wedding band. Her husband was a jeweler and handcrafted the ring for himself. And it was passed down to my wife's mother when her grandmother died, and then to my wife herself when her mother passed. And it, along with the other jewelry, was to all go to my daughter. When my wife passed away, my grief was intense, but I powered through it for the sake of my family and they supported me 100%. So the betrayal from my son was just a rusty knife in the back to me. For the past eight months, Jake has been dating Sarah. She has my son wrapped around her finger and she loves jewelry as she adorns herself with it a lot. My son mentioned the family jewels. My wife left his sister to Sarah one day and Sarah really wanted to see them. So Jake went into my room when no one was home and showed them to her. He later admitted to me that he'd done this and I was angry, but I thought that that would be the end of it. I was wrong Jake came to me a week ago And begged for that ring From his mother's family jewels So that he could propose with it He said Sarah had fallen in love with the ring When she saw it before And he just knew it would be the perfect ring To ask her to marry him with He seemed completely convinced That I'd be jumping for joy For him wanting to propose But instead I told him that I was not the one to ask As the ring belongs to Amber And I wouldn't have him pressuring her To give it up either For a fair chance I'd allow him to explain his reasons And ask for it once But only once Without pressuring her and if his sister refuses for any reason, that will be the end of it. Jake agreed and asked Amber for the ring right in front of me, but she told him no, because she wanted to keep it in the family jewels, and she's always loved that ring. To her, it's priceless. She couldn't bear to ever give it up. I told Jake that that was that, and to not press the matter further. Jake left looking very unhappy about not getting the ring, but I thought he'd let it go and look into finding a similar one. But he came back another day while I was at work to talk to his sister after she got home from school. He and Amber got into a huge fight about the ring and Amber called me crying. I called Jake and told him to get out of my house and leave his sister alone. Jake yelled at me that he should have just as much right to the ring as his sister because my wife was his mother too. But I reminded him he got a lot of his mother's money and her car. The jewelry is Amber's and only hers. He hung up on me and Amber soon texted me that he left very angry. Later, right before I left for work, my daughter called and told me that Jake came back. He walked in dressed in a suit, went into my room, and took something, then left without saying anything to Amber. She tried to keep him from leaving, but he shoved her out of the way. I rushed home as soon as my shift was over and checked my wife's jewellery box. The ring was gone. I immediately called Jake, but he didn't answer, so I messaged him that I'll get the police involved if he doesn't return the ring. Using it to propose won't stop me from taking it back." That finally made him talk to me, and he tried to say that I couldn't do that to him because he's my son. I said I can and will because he outright stole the ring and he'd better bring it back right away or I would take drastic measures. Well, he phoned me right after that, and in a whisper, he said that it was too late he'd taken his girlfriend out to dinner and proposed to her with the ring. He hadn't had it for more than an hour by this point, yet the ring was already on her finger. I said that was his problem. He stole the ring, he can bring it back. It's not his and I will do whatever it takes to make sure it's returned. And if that means going to the police and blowing the whole situation up, then so be it. I'll file a report, I'll even get a lawyer. Jake started crying and saying I couldn't do this to him. I told him, tough luck. He stole from both his sister and dead mother, I would not back down until the ring was returned. Jake would not stop crying and making excuses. So I told him to have the ring back by morning or I would be moving forward with legal action. Jake is my son, but he still broke the law and I couldn't overlook what he did. He said he'd be by in the morning to talk and ended the call while crying even more. Well, Jake did show up in the morning and brought his girlfriend with him to try and guilt us. Turns out, she not only knew that he stole the ring, she wanted to keep it anyway because she was completely in love with the ring since she first laid eyes on it. I told her I didn't care. She could have a jewel and make a copy of it or something. But the original doesn't belong to her. It belongs to my daughter and deceased wife. Jake begged me one more time not to make her give it back, but I and my daughter stood firm. Return the ring or face police and maybe even a potential lawsuit. Jake's girlfriend pulled the ring off her finger and dropped it in my daughter's hands, called me an evil idiot, then left my house in tears. Jake started screaming at me that I may have just destroyed his relationship. I retorted that he did this to himself and his own relationship by stealing a ring that didn't belong to him. What kind of son steals from his own sister and dead mother? That is beyond terrible. Jake had nothing more to say to me and walked out to follow after his girlfriend. I didn't get anyone else involved in the situation, but Jake did. He tried getting support from friends and family, but he got the exact opposite reaction that he'd hoped for. They were all mad at him over what he'd done. I got many phone calls and messages from people offering me condolences, saying they were not on Jake's side. I tried to do damage control, but now everybody knows. It's been a week now and Jake's refused to speak to me. I've sent him detailed pictures of the ring, just in case he wanted a jeweler to replicate it but making a copy would be very expensive unless he used fake stones and thus far there's been no response. I don't know what the situation is with his girlfriend, if she even still is his girlfriend after what happened, but I still stand by the fact that Jake had to return the ring. I've since had all my wife's jewellery placed in a safety deposit box that only I have access to and the jewellery will remain there until my daughter is 21 and it may even stay there if she wants to keep it safe that way. I know I'm in the right to have reclaimed the ring, however I don't want my son to hate me and I don't want the family to hate him. If anyone has any advice as to how to better mediate the situation without me giving away the ring or spending a lot of money i'm all ears okay and there we go that was the original post posted over on r slash advice as i said pretty weird to be making an r slash entitled people episode and go on to r slash advice but hey that is the beauty of reddit i guess let me know in the comments down below if you're watching on youtube what do you reckon What should OP do in this situation? What do you even say to your son at this point? He's stolen his dead mum's, your dead wife's ring when explicitly told not to. Incredible. Okay then, so here is the update just a week later on r slash entitled people. Well, my son's girlfriend, Sarah, has officially broken up with him. He's devastated and blaming me. Some previously pointed out that I gave him too much credit in saying he was a good kid. He used to be but the person he is now, I just do not recognize. Whether he was always like this deep down or if he just fell for the wrong person and let her change him for the worse is a mystery to me, but it doesn't justify what he did. After I forced him and Sarah to return the stolen ring, she apparently spent days crying in bed, then told Jake that she didn't want a different ring no matter how much he told her he'd get her another one. She wanted my deceased wife's ring and she couldn't possibly imagine having a different one for their engagement now that it had already been on her hand, even though it was only for a few hours and it was stolen. The last time I met someone who cried that much about being made to return stolen property, they were four years old. I heard more than one person say they thought Sarah's being a big baby about it. The situation was no secret, because Jake spilled the beans looking for support to the whole family and his and Sarah's friends. As you guys already know, that backfired badly for them. Well, after Jake's failed gambit for support, all the local drama lovers latched onto the situation like barnacles to a boat. And they kept messaging me with more information, even though I wasn't asking. So I was Was being kept in the loop even though jake and sarah weren't talking to me my son of the pictures i sent him so that he could try and replicate the ring and took them to a jeweler the jeweler said he could make a similar ring based on the pictures but he'd want to closely examine the original and take proper measurements to make an evaluation of the stones and metal in order to see what it would take to make as close of a copy as possible jake waited for a while before swallowing his pride to call me again His girlfriend was finally at least entertaining the idea of making a copy, but she wanted it to be an exact copy, down to the smallest detail. They called me a couple of days after I made my original post, and asked me to bring the ring to a jeweler to get a proper quote on the cost of making a duplicate. I agreed to take an extended lunch break and meet at the local jeweler. I got the ring from the safety deposit box and guarded it closely. I could see Sarah's eyes light up with greed the moment she saw it again. She reached her hand out and asked to wear it just one more time, then pouted like a child when I told her no. For all I knew, she'd take off running the second she had it. The jeweler looked at the ring very closely for a little while and said it was worth more than we thought, and to copy it would cost a lot. The ring was decades old and expertly crafted by my wife's grandmother sometime in the 1940s. The jeweler sang its praises even. The diamond and sapphires were decently large for an engagement ring, and the ring itself didn't use a slim gold band, but a pretty thick and heavy one made of what was estimated to be 18 karat gold. But there was more. The stones themselves were set in platinum, and the ring had many ornate floral carvings on it. The stones alone needed to make an identical ring was more than Jake's current budget. And not including antique value, making a copy of a ring like that with that variety of materials would cost a lot in time and labor, because every part of it would have to be handcrafted. Overall, it was five times what Jake had saved the best he could have done would be to make a down payment and then spend years in debt. Sarah enthusiastically wanted Jake to have the ring made anyway, but the cost was just too much. So the jeweler suggested they have one made that just looks the same. It didn't need to be made of the exact same materials. They could use a center stone that just looks similar to diamond and replace the platinum with a similar metal I can't remember the name of. But this would have reduced the cost by a lot. There was also a suggestion of looking for a modern ring that looks similar that's already made, which would be far cheaper as well. In fact, the jeweler already had three rings set aside that all looked somewhat similar, with a central diamond and sapphires, all very reasonably priced. Jake was all for the idea when Sarah suddenly slapped him while calling him a cheap, broke wannabe, then turned on her heel to me and called me an evil idiot again for taking the original ring back because it had already been given to her when Jake proposed and should still be hers regardless. Then she held up her hand in the manner one does when they expect you to put a ring on their finger, and outright demanded the ring back, while saying it was her right to wear it, and that my daughter wouldn't need it because it would go to waste with her. She actually said, it's not like my daughter would be doing the proposing to anyone, since a man could just get a different ring for her someday. Oh boy, did that make me angry. And she clearly noticed, because she took a couple of steps back. I looked her dead in the eye and said, that my wife's family ring will never be hers. It wasn't Jake's to give away, and he knew it. That is why he went out of his way to steal it while I wasn't home. He'd hoped that I wouldn't demand it back if he used it but neither he nor she even had a right to it. Then I said that it's entitled people like her that are what's wrong with the world right now. She acts like whatever she wants should be handed to her and she's lusted after my wife's ring ever since Jake first showed it to her. That whole speech was a bit long-winded with some conjecture, I know, but I just couldn't hold myself back verbally anymore. My wife used to tell me that if I wanted to insult someone, I always figured out exactly what to say. After I said all of that to Sara's face, she aimed to slap me too, but I guess the look in my eyes was enough to make her turn away and storm out instead While very loudly making some sort of unintelligible tantrum noises that hurt my ears She even intentionally knocked down a counter display on her way out Jake was glaring at me with absolute rage But didn't say anything until I asked him why he was with this awful woman And he just said that he loved her and followed after her to his credit She is very beautiful, but it's really just skin deep Sarah wouldn't talk to Jake for a while and then a few days later told him they were through because she felt like he didn't value her enough to get her the ring she deserved and that she couldn't imagine having a miser like me as a father-in-law. She said she felt thoroughly humiliated by me and cried that people all think she's a gold digger now. But I don't think they're wrong. I mean, she slapped my son just for making a suggestion that they make a cheaper version of an expensive ring he couldn't afford, then threw a massive tantrum just because I wouldn't hand over the original when she demanded it. That is the behaviour of a gold digger, if I've ever seen any. And while it is an assumption on my part, exactly how long would Sara have stayed with my son if someone rich came along and swept her off her feet? Would she have been inclined to still stand by him? Well, something tells me not. I honestly feel like she just wanted the ring and nothing else. Right after the incident with the breakup, Jake did try to get in my house again while I wasn't home. To do what, I have no idea. But if I were to speculate, he may have been after the cash in my gun safe or thought the family jewels were still in the house. I hadn't told him at that point that I'd had them stored away in a deposit box and I really didn't want to think my own son would break in for either of those reasons but he stole from us once, he could do it again. Someone on Reddit suggested I replace the locks on my house, and I did, so Jake's key would no longer work. I'm looking into getting cameras put in now too. Sorry to interrupt, but imagine that. You have to change your own locks on your own house because of your son breaking in. Nuts. My daughter Amber called me after Jake showed up and said she was terrified while he was banging on the front door and demanding to be let in. I called his cell and he didn't pick up but I guess it spooked him because Amber said he left right after his phone started ringing. He has a set ringtone for me so he knew it was me calling in an instant. Jake called later that evening but before he could start yelling at me I demanded to know what the heck he was trying to do breaking into my house while I wasn't home earlier. He scared his sister and she nearly called the police. Jake dodged the question by being angry about me changing the locks because I I don't trust him. I said, dang right, I don't trust him. Not after what he did. Jake fired back that I couldn't just be happy for him, and that if his mum was still alive, she'd have wanted him to use the ring to propose. I saw red, and said that if she wanted that, she'd have willed it to him. So he began whining and saying it was all my fault. He explained exactly what Sarah said when she broke up with him, and how she called me a miser, among other things. Then ranted about how I always thought Sarah was never good enough for him, but I pointed out that he was putting words in my mouth. I never said she wasn't good enough for him, I barely knew Sarah, and I never once got in the way of him being with her till he stole the ring. He tried to deny that, but I asked him when I'd ever said anything bad about Sarah prior to the ring incidents. He really sounded like he was thinking hard, but even he couldn't remember any actual time because I barely saw this woman ever while they were dating. I wasn't even aware they were dating until at least three months had gone by in their relationship, but that was all beside the point. What the heck was he trying to get into my house for this time? He refused to answer, so I answered for him. I said if he was after the ring or any of the other family jewels, they'd been moved to a secure location that only I have access to. And if he was trying to break into my safe for my emergency cash fund, there's no way he'd get it open.' or if he was there to do any sort of harm to his sister, I'd kick his butt myself. I may have hit the nail in the head with at least one of those things because Jake just had a long, silent pause on the line. Then he told me he's made up his mind to put in for a transfer at his job and sell his condo. He wants to move as far away as possible and never speak to me again. His last words to me were to have a nice life with my favorite child. I don't understand how my son has so completely changed on this level in just a year. I never actually called Sara a manipulative gold digger until recently. I said she had my son wrapped around her finger and she loves jewelry, though I guess that's not all that different in the long run. But in truth, she is a manipulative gold digger, especially after the drama act she put on to try and keep a ring that was never hers. I mean, she spent days in bed crying over a ring that she knew was stolen, and then had a huge tantrum at not being able to get it back or copy it. And now, because of her, my son has chosen to wash his hands of me and his sister all I am devastated. But at the same time, I'm furious that my son would do such things just to appease this witch of a woman that you would only been dating for eight months. That's not enough time dating before proposing I dated my wife for over two years before popping the question I shudder to think what things would have been like if that witch had married my son I know jake is going to blame me for a long time and i'm not sure if we'll ever speak again I hope one day we can reconcile but for now. I think we need time apart Amber is also very upset, she's extremely thankful I got the ring back for her, but she's just as shocked as I was that Jake has become like he is now, and she's referring to him as a brute for how he shoved her aside when he stole the ring, and also calling him a simp whatever that means. Thankfully, she has a great support system with me and the rest of the family, something I know Jake doesn't have right now. Multiple family members have called or messaged him to tell him off, and his now former best friend even came to me to apologize. He and Jake got into a nasty fight over what he'd done, and when his own best friend since elementary school didn't see things from his side, Jake cut him off too Jake's ex-girlfriend Sarah also got in trouble with her own family Her parents contacted me to ask her my side of the story And then apologized for their daughter's behavior They only knew a small bit of what happened But they were appalled to hear about the way she'd acted Like Jake, they said that she used to be a much kinder person But in the past few years, she's changed so much they are severely disappointed in her. They were also covering half of the rent to her current apartments and are now telling her that when her lease is over, they will not be renewing it. She can either pay the full rent herself or look for somewhere else to live and now she's going around cursing my name and saying that this is all my faults what is it with people these days it's like ever since all those memes about entitled people on the internet have exploded it just made more people like them when i was jake's age i only saw people like that on rare occasions and now they're everywhere i've seen two in the local supermarket this year even and they're spreading their toxicity like a flood on the world I can only hope one day my son comes to his senses and finds happiness again. Whether or not he chooses to speak with me ever again, I'll hold out hope he'll one day return to being the kind person he once was. And there we go, guys. That is the end of that whirlwind of a story. First of all, let's have a think about... Let's have a think. I'm not your f***ing teacher. Uh. Let's chat is what I meant to say about what OP has said at the end there. Do we think there are more entitled people since the meme, entitled parents, Karens, etc. has all blown up? The answer has to be yes, really. I don't know. Am I kind of to blame for it by making content on it? Are you to blame for watching it? Are we influencing people to become more like Karens? I doubt it. But I think it is probably true. There do seem to be more Karens and just entitled people in the world than ever before. One thing that's interesting is that you lot often get in the comments and ask me, do I ever see entitled people? And the answer is very, very rarely, if ever actually. I don't know if it's a UK-America thing. Are there more American Karens than there are in England? Yes, probably. There are definitely a lot here, though, trust. But still, there are probably a lot. But yeah, from the internet at least, there don't seem to be as many in England as there are in America. Funnily enough, though, I will be going to America in December. So, you know, if I see some, I'll let you know. Now, final point I want to make and bring up just on Jake himself is how much... Do we think this is Jake's fault? Or do we think it's entirely Sarah and her influence on him that's made him into such a toxic jerk, an entitled mug? I mean, clearly she is good for nothing. And he, it seems like, used to be nice in the past. At least his own dad, who clearly is a very nice man, is saying so. So maybe we don't put all the blame on him. And maybe he can reconcile and understand. But the fact that he's cutting off his best mates from primary school. I mean, that is something that I would never do. They're still my best mates now. So that shows that maybe he's gone too far and maybe it is his fault. I don't know, what do you reckon? Get in the comments, let me know. My teacher cut the tube for my insulin pump because we couldn't have headphones in class. This happened when I was in middle school, you know, back in the days of wired headphones. So about 2011 or something. I am a 24 year old male and I've been a type one diabetic since I was about four years old. And I use a continuous glucose monitor and an insulin pump. I had an IEP, so all my teachers were told about it and that I would need my insulin pump in class, that it might make noise and I might have to pull it out of my pocket and mess with it if I needed insulin or I might need to drink a juice pouch and I was able to do so at my discretion. We had one teacher who was a complete hard butt for no reason. She was notorious for making kids cry during presentations. She even told one girl who wanted to be a doctor to find a cure for cancer because her little sister had childhood cancer That she would need to actually be smart to do that while chuckling to herself let a kid dream man we were like 12 years old as you can imagine she was also at war with technology and on a side note these days i use my phone to check my glucose and give myself an insulin bolus i can't imagine being a kid today and dealing with a teacher like that when the lines are blurred and your smartphone actually is a life-saving medical device But anyway, if you're not familiar with insulin pumps, the kind I use has a little tube that connects the pump, which has the insulin, to my body, which needs the insulin. This teacher also liked to be weirdly obtuse about things. Instead of being like other teachers and simply saying something like, no cell phones in class, put it on my desk, which would allow me to remind them it's an insulin pump, and then they'd usually say something like, that's right, my bad. She would instead try and talk abstractly about what she wanted to happen while walking around the room. So this particular day, she kept alluding to students listening to music in class, the Should be careful what you do because she can see it That us kids think we're so sneaky But the adults know what we're up to now I obviously wasn't listening to music So I figured she'd seen someone with headphones in the room and the next thing I knew she had snuck up behind me with scissors It took me a good moment to realize what exactly had happened because I was astonished I was used to teachers thinking I had a cell phone or getting upset about my pump beeping during an exam But no one had ever touched it before much less cut my life-sustaining tube I was actually sitting with my mouth agape and she turned to me now that she was at the front of the class again and said something along the lines of op care to share what tunes are more important than listening to class i'd at this point put together that she thought i was listening to music she thought she cut my headphone wires i replied just the sound of my thoughts while i still got any since that was my insulin pump She had to let me go to my locker to get my cell phone to call my mum to bring me a new infusion set My parents insisted no cell phones until high school But my mum was also scared with me being type 1 diabetic and too dyslexic to remember a phone number And she wanted me to easily be able to call her So she got me a $15 Walmart phone and put minutes on it and now I feel old Then I just wasted in the front office for her She worked from home and drove like a bat out of heck She was so angry I don't ever want to see her that angry again in my life It took 10 years off of me and I wasn't even in trouble The teacher had to apologize to me and all the teachers got some more disability accommodation training or something Kind of anticlimactic at the end, but a friend thought it was entertaining and that I should share But if you're like me, you're probably thinking I need to know more about this story What is really going on here? Now thankfully op has given us a couple of edits and updates so we can further understand just what happened First of all, yes, the teacher knew I had a pump. I had an IEP and my teachers were given the information they needed to know about my diabetes. Even still a lot of non-diabetics just don't get it or they forget It would happen a lot and teachers would ask for my phone if they saw me messing with it under the desk Really? I was going through a thing and embarrassed about being diabetic So I would often try and hide it so I get how they thought I had a phone But a simple reminder that it's a pump was enough for every other teacher. Yes She did get really close to me I was facing the front of the room to look at the projector screen and to take notes She snuck up behind me from the back of the room where she was lecturing at us from and reached her arm down towards me with the scissors I didn't notice her doing that Kids used to keep their iPod or whatever in their pocket and then run their headphones up under their shirt Wow, I remember doing that that is a throwback for me personally It sometimes left a little bit of the wire peeking out from their pocket to get to their shirts That's where she cut the pump. It was down at my waist. In terms of her apology, it wasn't too bad. We had a meeting with her, the principal, assistant principal, and a lady from the special education office, plus me and my parents. She said she was sorry for her actions and that she shouldn't have treated me that way, and she hopes I don't grow up to expect people to act like that towards me. She forgot I had a pump, but I didn't feel like she was making an excuse. She was saying she should have been more mindful, and it was her fault, and that I did nothing wrong. She also said I was brave and calm in the face of adversity, stuff like that. And then she apologized to my mom and dad for frightening them and for any costs She offered to pay for it, but they declined they wanted all the teachers to get more education about kids with diabetes and the school had like a nurse diabetes educator or someone come in to talk to the teachers okay you know what fair enough on that one yes she's giving an apology because she obviously has to but it does seem quite sincere and the points she's making are pretty valid no my parents didn't sue her or the school no she wasn't fired yes i still had to be in her class and yes i did have extra supplies kept in the nurse's office but i also just really wanted my mum in that moment because i was a kid i guess at the Happened in 2011 guys then OP would have been what 13 years old. Yeah, it makes sense This was a tiny school and it did a lot of backward things They mishandled my learning disability as well and one year one of my teachers was surprised My dad has mild cerebral palsy and thought it must be so tough for me Having to deal with that and would talk to him like he was five during student teacher conferences he's an engineer and then finally when my mum showed up i was sitting in the office waiting for her i think it took her like 15 minutes to get there post phone call she asked me if i was okay and checked out the damage that was done i could tell she was mad not with me obviously she walked straight up to the receptionist and just asked where the teacher was and they phoned the classroom and had my teacher come to the office the principal also came out my mum ripped her a new one but she didn't yell though i honestly think that made it more terrifying that she was very collected I don't remember word for word, but basically she said that removing my insulin pump was a violation of my IEP Not to mention that it's a medical device and an extension of my body Which is keeping me alive and the fact that she would have the audacity to damage life-saving medical equipment was reckless and criminal That type 1 diabetes is no joke and takes lives that she should count herself lucky She didn't damage the pump itself and she let her know how expensive they are and everything they had to do to get me one. She's had years of practice having to argue to take food into places they don't let you take outside food or in the airport that I can't take my pump through scanners, etc. She was very practiced at putting the fear of God into people, but in a way that they can't turn it on her and say that she's being disruptive. Then she took me home for the rest of the day. And there we go. What an unbelievable story to get this episode started. As I said, halfway through that, I do genuinely think that this teacher's apology was pretty good, but only on paper, right? Only because she had to say it. The fact that she even did that in the first place, I mean, does it even warrant an apology? Like, just because you do something terrible and then you have some decent apology. The fact that she's cut one of the most important calls in tubes in your life is unbelievable and also even if right even if it wasn't an insulin tube say it was genuinely earphones a teacher should never be cutting your personal property yes confiscate it take it away absolutely fine you shouldn't be listening to headphones in class music in class if you're not allowed to but cutting someone else's personal property damaging them that is actually illegal. Even if you're a teacher, you can't damage a student's property. You can't break it. Surely not. I've got to say though, fair play to you and your mum both for acting so calmly in these situations. And you're absolutely right. When you get someone that is like almost like really cool, a bit too cool in the face of danger or, you know, a situation like this, just so measured and calculated, it can be way more scary than someone that just blows up and starts screaming and shouting. She's been here before, as you said, and you probably have been too. It is a real shame that you've had to deal with this sort of thing in the past and it still can Continues to happen maybe even at your age of 24 but the way you two dealt with it perfect good job i saved someone's life and the family hates me i knew a lady who was going through a divorce i was her tech person when she had a home business and i was invited to her 40th birthday party she wanted a new tv and sound system hooked up i needed my car because the tv would fit in it we went together to pick up the tv and while out she went to do a little shopping for food etc during that moment her ex saw us together I am married and I was just helping this person. I hooked up her TV, the party happened, and I helped clean up at the end when her friends left. The ex heard from her friends that I stayed after the party ended. A few weeks later, she wanted a GPS set up for her car. It was a hot day and her house air conditioner stopped working. I went there and knocked on the door. She didn't answer. I heard the car running in the garage. I went back to the door to look in the front window. The house is full of smoke. I opened the front door which wasn't locked, and I found her passed out on the couch. I picked her up and took her outside. She was breathing and coughing i went back in and she had the car running window down to make the air conditioner of the car cool the house down by the internal access door to the garage but instead she was filling up the house with carbon monoxide which almost killed her yes i've seen more stupid things but not deadly i turned off the car and opened up all the windows and doors she was crying outside because she almost died and if she did people would have thought that she deliberately killed herself instead it was a mistake if i'd arrived a few minutes later she would have been dead i comforted her and at that moment the ex drove past on one of his stalking runs later i saw him when he was picking up his kids from school he called me a cheating idiot which was surprising because we got along before they broke up he'd already been spreading rumors to everyone that i was sleeping with her told his whole family her family and eventually got to my family I didn't do anything wrong. And when I told them all what really happened, nobody believed me Everyone believes him that something was happening before they broke up Then he was making up extra reasons to say she was with me oddly My wife is the person who laughed it off because she doesn't believe I would ever cheat on her Especially with that woman. Wow. What a sad sad story to end off today's episode. I mean, come on Imagine if she had actually died there. Imagine if you hadn't saved her You know, what? honestly, I don't even really care about the fact that people thought you were cheating or whatever like yeah it's a bit weird but i don't really care that's not really that important i'm sure you get over it your wife seems okay that's fine the fact is If she had died and people had, for the rest of time, thought she'd committed S, I don't know if you're allowed to say that word on YouTube still, sorry, you know, done something to herself, then that would have been so incredibly sad. I mean, it would have been a terrible accident anyway, but maybe even worse would have been people thinking that she did that to herself when she wasn't even close to, like she wasn't even, she was genuinely just, you know, she just made a mistake, didn't realize that that would happen. That would have been absolutely tragic, even perhaps more tragic than the fact she died in the first place. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. That has been three hours of some of the very best entitled parent content from this year so far. And by the way, we're 11 months in. So that's a lot of good content right there. Really hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you are new to the channel and you somehow haven't already, hit the subscribe button, click on the screen or down below for some more episodes and more movies right away. And I'll see you all tomorrow with a brand new episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50